3: Les eagles
4: yeah baby yes welcome in friday eve thursday november 16th 105 hours and 15 minutes away from the eagles and the chiefs but who is counting welcome in friends that's tone to shields in for derek gunn i am rob ellis hanging with you mr tone what's going on Rob, man, I
5: feel good, man. You know, it's a, it's a little cloudy down here in Texas right now, but I'm still holding it down. I'm still here. I'm still happy. I'm still grateful to be alive, man. Uh, can't ask for anything more. Can't ask for anything less. How about you, man? How you feeling uh, today?
4: Good, man. No complaints. Uh, above ground, right? Uh, good to so me. what's up, everybody? What's up, Kevin? MC, it's Joe Ho, uh, Jim G, James, MC, Rosie, uh, Twiz and uh, Ball. What's going on, guys? Kevin, what's up? Hope everybody's doing well. If I missed you, sorry. Fast and furious, like I always say. So just keep keep throwing them my way, man. Hope you guys are good. Hope you guys are good. Yes, Men in Black today. Yes, yes. I don't know. I guess I'm Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones. I don't know. But anyway, we're we're hey, uh, listen, we're rolling. we're uh,
5: uh you, you seen pulp fiction, right? I oh, love pulp fiction. You know, uh, you know, you're you're my John Travolta. I'm your Samuel. That's right. I'm you know Vincent. Know I mean?
4: Uh, Vincent Vega. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, was Sam- Samuel's
5: name in that movie? As a matter of fact, that is my favorite I Samuel that. L.
4: I, there are so many good roles by him, and it's hard to really choose one. But I got to tell you, that's my number one.
5: Jules that, Winfield, my man. Jules, Jules Winfield. Winfield. What a name!
4: How, how can we forget Jules Winfield, man? Jules uh,
5: Winfield and Vincent Vega.
4: <laughs> oh my god, uh, the, the, the sweet Jerry curl that he was rocking, man, it was unbelievable, mm-hmm. man. So, uh, yeah, welcome Stay in, what everybody. Again. What's up? Stay uh, oh, one, say, again. Say one again, <laughs> <B-b-b-b-b-b-b-> <laughs> yep. and then the scene where he accidentally shoots the, the guy in the car. Oh my god,
5: man. Blue's, oh my Blue. goodness! Blew his brains out. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll go for a tangent. I love movies, I, so yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> would that? Would you? Would you? Where would you uh, rank that one in in the Samuel L. Uh, catalog? Where would wow. you put that? Geez,
5: I'm such a huge Samuel fan. Um,
4: when I, I know, think it's Samuel, tough.
5: when I think Samuel, you know, I I think of you know the Negotiator, and then you know I'll think about Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and then obviously he had Coach Carter. Uh, and they see he has see he's he's one of those guys that he has so many roles, no matter yes. how big or small. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, he's a um, machine
4: too. He cracks out. He, he
5: he grinds, man. I, um, know. I don't know. how he does he, it, he, he, he grinds. But I would say Pulp Fiction is definitely a top five Samuel L. Jackson uh role yeah, for sure. I hear, you. I hear. You. Top five uh, role.
4: Yeah. Uh, look at the big brain on Brad. Good one, MC. That is a good one. Uh. Bry guy, what's going on? Jack, what's going on? Decoy, Jason, I think I got everybody else. Yeah, I hope you guys are doing great out there. Happy, happy Thursday. Uh, one and all, friends. One and all. All right, so, uh, man, so much to get to with the Eagles. We're going to play the uh, advantage-disadvantage. We are, We are going to look at, you know, when it comes down to the Chiefs, each of the key positions, whether it's individually or whether it's group positions, we're mm-hmm. going to go through it. Uh, we are going to dig into over unders for the second half of the season for the Eagles. So there's a lot to do today, football wise, and we have a shockingly a good game tonight. Uh, so we will talk about that as well. But Sixers last night tone. Uh, they lost to Boston. I hate losing to the Celtics. I, I, I'll let me just start yeah. there. But I hate everything
5: about them actually.
4: Uh, so they lose last night, and and look, if I'm being objective about this, as much as I do hate them losing to the Celtics. I can't say I'm shocked. Now, they were without Jalen Brown mm-hmm. and Christoph Porzingis, So that has to be noted. But Sixers are on a back to back. The previous game against the Pacers, they expended a lot of energy. It's the third game in four nights. They played Sunday night as well. Mm-hmm. I, first off, the I don't know what the NBA is doing in terms of scheduling. I just, I don't, I don't like it, number one. This year um, just
5: seems all over the place, right? It just seems very messy this year.
4: Big time. They're done with Boston playing in Philadelphia for the season. And it's November, you know, that, that end November 15th, man. It's crazy that's weird that's weird Sill says we look like a scene from 10th and wolf (laughs) that's a yeah that's not not a bad uh pretty apt actually um so they lose last night uh to the celtics in in a game and again it's it's i said this to you during the pre-show meeting and tell you tell me how you feel we'll get more into the sixers in a second Mm -hmm. but uh it feels like if they don't get like really good efforts out of Embiid and maxi they don't have much of a chance. Like those guys can't just be good. They have to be close to great or very, very good. And, and let's just say it for both of them last night was they were at, they were at, what
5: do you think? No, I'm with you on that. You know, here's the thing. It's unfortunate that they can't even come into a game and say, you know what? I can, I can trust the guys behind me to, you know, you know, you know, to carry the weight. If I, if I can't do it right. You know, this is a team sport at the end of the day. And, you know when you when you really when you really can depend on you know your depth guys to really kind of take the load off when your star doesn't necessarily have it in full that day. Um, you're gonna you're you're gonna be in bad situations nine times out of ten. Right now on the season, Embiid's averaging thirty two points. Maxi's averaging uh, almost twenty eight points. You know, and Embiid double digit rebounds. Maxi averaging nearly seven assists, five rebounds. They're doing everything they possibly can to keep this team uh as competitive as possible. They're playing, you know, they're playing high minutes, Maxie averaging 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Beat, or you even got Tobias Harris yeah. averaging almost 20 points a game, uh, 36 and a half minutes a game, uh, nearly seven boards. There, Those three guys are doing their absolute best um, to, you know, to be as productive as possible. As of right now, Tobias Harris's production is perfect for his role as a number mm-hmm. three. When mm-hmm. um, You have Embiid and Maxie doing what they're doing. But outside of those guys, they have almost no consistent presence coming off the bench, um, Even the other guys starting, you know, uh, they were getting some production from Kelly Oubre. We're going to talk about him a little later. But um, they were getting some production out of him. You know, now he's gone for God knows how long. Nicholas Batum, out for personal reasons. Danthony, Mel- Danthony Melton, very inconsistent. Paul Reed, he gives you a lot of effort off the bench. Um, We still don't know what his ceiling is. I liked
4: his game last night. I liked the way he played last night. Um,
5: right, right. Yeah. You know, we, we still don't know what's Paul Reed's ceiling quite yet. But yeah. outside of that, I mean... This bench seems almost inept. They seem like they can't necessarily get the ball in the hoop. These guys have just kind of been liabilities, to be quite honest with you, man. Um, it's not sustainable for guys like Jordan B., the Tyrese Maxi to drop 30, 35 every single night. Um, let's, let's just do some math here, right? If, let's just say in a perfect world, MB gives you 30, Maxi gives you 30, Tobias gives you 20, that's 80 points. Yeah. You need about 115, 120 points to win, you know, to win most games. Where are they getting that additional 35, 40, 45 points from? Uh,
4: that's the that's the issue. I mean, you again, you look at last night. I mean, I, I thought again, b-ball paul played well for them, and they actually got a nice effort out of out of Springer off the bench. But yeah, here's the problem, Tone. Marcus Morris, Daniel House, Pat Bev, and Cork Moss, oh for nine, zero points, 24 minutes. I, I mean, and I know it's not any of their games really to come in and give you, you know, go crazy, but can't give you 10 between the four of them or 12 points. Come on. Yeah. And, and that could be the difference in the game. You know, they lose what? 117, 107. So they, 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 those guys, my point is those guys need some help. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that dire. Those guys shouldn't have to drop 35 every single game for you to win. And you know, it's, we'll, we'll get more into it later, but you mentioned something. This Kelly Ubery thing is getting weird, man. It's getting weird. Weirder and so, weirder by the day. Yeah, the Philadelphia Police Department basically are saying there's no video of what people are, what what Kelly Oubre, at least the area that he claims that this hit and run happened. There's no video of it. In other words, it's not that nobody has video. They've looked at video at the timeline, at that location, and there isn't a hit and run. So what what is really going on here?
5: <sighs> yeah. Um I'm almost speechless because I'm trying to think what reason he would have. Well, first and foremost, how did you break your ribs in the first place? Yeah. That's one. Now I saw on the socials on social media, I saw there was this video video leak of his ring camera showing him coming coming into his apartment. And it seemed like he was rolling in with a bike or something. And he was saying all you hear is voices in the background he's like i, I, I got hit by a car i got hit yeah. by a car and then it sounded like, sound like i heard a woman in the background saying oh my god you got hit how what what, what happened you know all, all that kind of stuff and then the video kind of ends yeah so one i don't know how they got his ring camera footage that, that's just wild yeah I but don't anyway
4: tmz comes uh, up with everything man it's exactly insane. but
5: insane. now what's going on here what what, what what's the conspiracy right um now we all know he's on a veteran. He's on a veteran minimum. We right. all know that for a fact. So maybe he's looking at it like he did something to breach his contract, and he may lose that. Like I, I don't know, but this is one of the most. This is something the Philadelphia seventy six organization does not need right now.
4: Yeah. And, we, and it,
5: oh yeah. God. No, I, I was just going to say we're we're trending in a we're trending to a good place. Maxie's playing well, and B is playing well. Uh we've gotten rid of James Harden, Tobias Harris. Seems like he's appreciating his new role now. Um, Everyone's, everything just seems lighter. Now there's this cloud of did did or did or did not Kelly Oubre get hit by a car? You know, was there or was there not a hit and run?
4: Yeah. This is, this is insane. So I think there's two things to, to, to keep in mind. One, in fairness, let's let it play out and let's see. But, and the other thing is, and I'll, this is where I'll, I'll, I can give him an out or a benefit of the doubt. He is new to the area. You know how it is, Tone. I mean, if you're in a in a unfamiliar city, you could think you're on, uh, you know, I, I pick your point. I, I don't know uh, the corner of Broad and Shunk, and meanwhile you're on, you know, Broad and Jackson. I, I'm just saying, that no, you're right.
5: Of- Listen, I just moved to Texas, and I and I'm still yeah. I'm still figuring out street names. If something happened to me on, on whatever street, I would have to pull out my phone to figure out where I was. Same?
4: But you know, and especially still- if you're shook up too, like you could just be like, I, I, you know, I was on the court, you know, and you could be thrown off. So, I, let's. I'm, all I'm saying is, let's see. I will say this: it doesn't look good right now because right. if he did lie to the police, that's really bad. If he did tell the Sixers something happened that didn't happen, that's really bad. I, I will give Nick Nurse credit. I thought he handled it perfectly last night. He was asked about, it and he said, "Look, I have no reason not to believe Kelly Oubre. If that's what he tells me, ha- it happened." then I'm backing my player because I have That's all he can say. It's a perfect way to handle it for a couple reasons. One, you're supporting your player. Two, without saying it, you're saying, hey, that's what my guy's telling me. In other words, if this is BS, it's on him. This is not the organization and it's not us. We're just trying to support our guy. So – I think it's smart. And I don't think he was doing it just to do like the legalese thing. I think he was saying, like, hey man, Kelly's one of us, and I got him, and, and whatever. Yeah. And so, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, so we'll see. I it's it's a little funky right now, man. I just a, it's a, a, a lot of funky. a lot of funky. Something stinks. Yes, exactly right. Exactly. All right. Uh so we'll get more into the Sixers later. We are one week from Thanksgiving. One week. Yes. Uh yes, we are. I want to get your take on this and the, and the, and the entire chat. All right. Favorite holiday for you, Tom. What is
5: it? Favorite holiday? Christmas, man. I love Christmas. Um, I love the season of giving. I just love the, Mm -hmm. the, the, I love the, the lightness in the air. You know, I love, it just seems like everyone is optimistic. You know, there's this newness, there's this freshness, um, that's just in the air. You know, when, you know, when Christmas comes around, I love Christmas music. I love doing Christmas excursions. Um, I love decorating the Christmas tree. You know, I love baking cookies. You know what I mean? I love putting on the fake fireplace on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I, I love, I, I love lighting candles and stuff and just getting that 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 holiday aroma. Yeah. Um, I love family. You know, I love I love spending time with family, friends, um, giving things and you know, seeing the surprise people's faces and, you know, everyone loves receiving the gift as well, but more than anything, you know, I just love, I love just being around my family. Like the more family, that's, the more family that's around, the better, you know, I, I, I thrive in those social environments. So, um, yeah, man, uh, it's, 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 it's the season of giving it's, it's a beautiful time of the year, man. But we know, again, you, who like? Who doesn't like? Who doesn't like to decorate a gingerbread house or something? You know what I mean. Oh. Who, does, who doesn't like doing any of those things, man? So yeah. you got to you, you got to be a, a evil mother effer to not you know you know to not even be able to enjoy the just enjoy the lightness of the yeah. season. You know what I mean. Even the if you good, don't see yeah, the, the good tidings, it's just it's
4: just, yeah. it's just a good vibe all the way around. Okay, okay, we got some good uh, good ones so far. <laughs> Eagles fan. Cinco de Mayo and 420. Gee, I wonder what what's going on on those days. Uh, eagle fan.
5: eagle Yeah. Those eagle fan. Okay. One of those, one of those is a great choice. I'm not going to tell you guys which one. One
4: uh, yeah, of those, you, you is, one it. of
5: those is a is, is a great choice, and I'll let you guys figure it out from there.
4: I would say for me, it's fine. I've, it's also Chris. I I've all, since I was a kid, I've loved Christmas. Like. Mm-hmm. I I almost feel like Thanksgiving is sort of like the appetizer for Christmas, and I get yes. not everybody celebrates Christmas. So if you if you don't, I understand that too. So, but I'm, for for me, it is Christmas all day mm-hmm. because it, it 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 same thing. Like it just means family, uh, and I know everybody goes. So you look uh, getting gifts. I don't hate that part of it, but it's it's more of the family thing, the traditions mm-hmm. that go along with it. Uh, yeah, the fireplace. the, the just mm-hmm. it, it just has. There's a very special feel to Christmas for me um, that no other holiday even comes close to, quite frankly. Like yeah. some holidays, like, like Halloween is, is so much fun and it's geared towards kids. And that's awesome. You know, when you have little kids or you're a little kid, it's great. Eh, with Halloween. I, I like Thanksgiving. I don't love it. It's okay. Um, You know, other than that, there's, you know, you celebrate things like Memorial Day or Labor Day or Easter. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're all great. But there's really nothing that compares to Christmas for me personally. Yeah,
5: Rob. I love corny ass, cheesy uh <laughs> Christmas movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about I'm all about watching the hallmark movies. Netflix always drops a new slate of Christmas movies every single year. All the, all the different streaming services, all the networks always just spit out all their Christmas specials and corny Christmas movies. And I love them because there's never a bad ending. Yes. everybody gets yes everybody gets what they want in the end the guy gets the girl the You're girl right. gets the guy um the kid gets his wish the little girl gets her wish um daddy always makes it home for christmas um my mom always makes her famous uh yeah you know famous cookies and everything um the deal always goes through yep. you know what i mean they, they always save the struggling small town in the middle of nowhere you know, it's it's just always a great ending. Everybody gets what they want in the end, man. The little girl gets a stepmom that she always wanted. You know, it's it's just
4: always positivity, man. How can you not like it? I feel you. Uh, look, I'm with you, man. And I I agree with Mario, by the way. Uh, Die Hard on Christmas Eve is a family tradition. I agree, dude. I love Die Hard. <laughs> I love that movie, man. I'm serious. And look, there's a lot. That's the other part of it. The Christmas movies, nothing compares. Mm-hmm. Nothing compares. I love Christmas Vacation. I agree. National Lampoon is my favorite Christmas
5: movie of all time.
4: Chevy Chase is a goat in that, man. Um, And there's so... Home Alone, you can't ever go wrong with Home Alone. You know, there's just so many. Christmas Charlie Brown, absolutely. 100%, man. I'm with you guys. There Mm -hmm. isn't the same... Like, what are the... I don't. There might be. Are there Thanksgiving movies? Uh, Plane trains and automobiles. I think is a Thanksgiving, movie, um, which is great.
5: There's a new Thanksgiving horror movie coming out that I want to see. Okay. But uh, other than that, I don't really know of any Thanksgiving movies. That's hmm, yeah. I don't really know too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas is more so the um the sweet spot for people. You know, they're I mean? already running
4: yeah. TNT. Is already running a Christmas story you know with Ralphie and you'll shoot your eye out like that's already Listen, in, in circulation i saw it the other day like these companies
5: already- are already advertising, like they were advertising for christmas stuff in september October. i know right
4: i walked in the home depot dude and it was like middle of i don't think the eagles even had played yet that's how early it was right yeah and yeah. I see the Christmas section, and I'm like, "Oh my God, man, we're here I, already." Yeah. Listen,
5: I knew we were here already, man. You see the Halloween now. then it's the Thanksgiving now. then it's the hollow, and then it's the Christmas aisle. I'm like, uh-huh. "Okay, wow, you guys, you guys are overloading me." But I love the fourth quarter of the year. It's, it's just, yeah, you know. And plus, my to- birth, and, and plus my birthday is on New Year's Eve, so that's right. You know, it's my birthday is a gift and a curse. I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say that it's a gift yeah. and a curse.
4: I know it's funny. Uh, my wife is December twenty first. Uh, Trish Gunn, I think, is December end of December as well. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're New Year's Eve, yeah. I mean, inevitably, you get shorted like you're gonna. It's like either it's sort of like, oh, all right, your birthday, we just went through this whole craziness with Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. and it, or like with my wife, she's right before, and it's always like, all right, let me carve out some time to make sure we sell them. Like, it's it's just mm-hmm. it's thanks. I, I feel bad for you guys, honestly, man.
5: Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, you live in learn.
4: I got you. All right. I got to hit you with this one. This is our okay. Eagles question of the day, and I want everybody in the chat to jump in as well on this one. Which Eagle, non-Hertz, non-Hertz, will be the second-half MVP for the Eagles? Not, not the league. Which Eagle will be the second-half MVP? Exclude Jalen. Who hmm. is it for you, Tone?
5: So, uh, I gave myself three options here. Um, two of my options are on the defensive side. One is on the offensive side. Okay. Um, my number one thought was Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. I think Hassan Reddick is gearing up for a really big second half of the season. Um, the moment he got that cast off, he he went off. He, he went off six straight games with like seven and a half sacks. Um, you know he he he's just a force, and it's going to be so important for him in that pass rush to get home in the second half of the season, especially going up against you know this better slate of quarterbacks and teams. Um, I think Hassan Reddick is definitely going for another double digit sack season easily. Um, who knows if he'll eclipse uh, his uh, 2022 numbers, but I think it's going to be a big second half of the season for Hassan Um, My st- the second guy that came to mind for me, uh, the newcomer Kevin Byard. Mm. I I believe Kevin Bayard, he, he he's too much of a veteran. He's too much of a he's too much of a pro to not be good at what he does. And I believe in this new situation, um, despite the past defense playing a little subpar. He's with a better he's with he's with a better crop of talent than he was in Tennessee. I really think Kevin Byer is going to have a really big second half of the NFL season. Uh, and you know, and, and some more time with the system, some more time with the players. He has two games under his belt already. Mm-hmm. Um, he brings a lot of experience. Uh, it's kind of hard to bet against a guy like that who's a former All Pro, former Pro Bowler, um, a true leader on the back end. Uh, I, I I have no doubt in my mind that he's that he spent a lot of his time uh, making sure that he has his system down peck and, you know, you know, uh, you know, from front side to back side. So uh, I think Kevin Byard is going to be um, a big, a big contributor in the second half of the season. And then my third guy, Devontae Smith uh, okay. with, 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 with Dallas Goddard being out. This is a big opportunity for Devontae Smith to get back on track and, and and pretty much pick up where he left off from last season. Again, that's not saying he's had a bad first half at all. He's had a very very productive first half of the season. Big catches, big touchdowns. Um, has shown up damn near in every game. Uh, I just think this is a this is a huge opportunity for him in the second half of the season. I, I'm I'm kind of comparing it to what he did last year in the second half after Dallas got got hurt. He turned up big time. His target, his target, uh, his targets uh, shot up. His reception shot up, his yardage shot up, um touchdown production shot up. So um I I think this is gonna be a big sick to have for Devontae Smith. What about you?
4: Okay. Uh I Bayard is an interesting out of the box choice for me. I think it's uh, uh interesting. I think it's interesting. Uh, I'm really curious to see what he looks like now that he's he's really got his feet wet and should know the system. And then he and, Black and chip can work off of each other. I really am excited to see what that's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. Uh to me, it's a two horse race. It's Redick and it's AJ Brown. I mean, that's a two-horse race. Brown could get over two thousand yards. We'll get into that later. Reddick could could be, you know, right around where he was last year in terms of sacks, uh, and he is such a game wrecker in terms of the strip sack, being around the ball. And this is a team that so badly needs takeaways. They have not yes. been a good takeaway team. So I'm going to go with on Reddick because I think he's going to go off. I think in this game coming Monday, Tone, I think this defensive line, quite frankly, goes into this game very pissed off because they didn't get any sacks last year in the super bowl and we could talk about the the surface and the and the and the field and all that and i think it's real but they're they're mad about that like this is a team that was the best sack team a in football last year and i think second all time so they're going to want to get crazy so i think it starts this week with hassan i think he gets loose and i think he he has a big game and i think it carries over for the rest of the year so i'll go slightly into to hassan i'll go aj2 if I had to go three, I think about Josh Sweat, man. I I don't mm. in, look at the way he's playing the first half. I of the consider season. Josh
5: Sweat. I definitely yeah, consider him.
4: He's been excellent. Um, but I like your I like your buyer choice. It's different. I I wasn't thinking along the secondary lines at all for the Eagles. So yeah, I, I like the, that. You,
5: the reason I thought about them is because they they have to be better. They have they to. have they have to take their game to an entirely new level than they've shown in the first in the first uh, half of the season. Now, granted, Bayard was only part of it for two games. Right. So all of it's not him. So he gets he gets some grace in terms of just uh, an adjustment period, you know, a ramp up period. But now this is your second. This is your second buy of the NFL season. He he was he was the, based on the time he got traded. He already had his buy with Tennessee. And then he's getting another buy with the Philadelphia. Eagles, so he should be fresh mm-hmm. and he should have nothing um, but the world in front of him to take over. So uh, this, you know, th- this is going to be a big this is going to be a big second half of the season for not just the defense, but more specifically of those DBs.
4: Yeah, no question. I mean, look, getting Roby back, how big is yes. that going to be for these yes. guys? You finally get somebody you can plug into the slot who, who's actually played that. And, you know, I don't know that he's the same player, but it's some level. So that's, uh, yeah, the second half is going to be big. All right, let's come back, Tone, and let's dive into it. We're going to go head-to-head matchups here, including quarterback, including coach, running back, receiver, O-line, D-line, secondary, the whole nine. We're going to cover everything when it comes to this matchup with the Chiefs when we get back. So don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports' YouTube network. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. You're hungry. I'm hungry. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's give a call right now. Let's head out there right now. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Thrilled that they're a part of the station, part of the channel. Uh, They've been family-owned since 1985. you got Alex and the crew there each and every day uh, doing their thing. The beauty is there's a lot of choices, a lot of options. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go, which is huge. You want to pop in and pop out. You don't have a lot of time. You're at work. Whatever the case may be, you can get in and out of there very quickly. They also have these specialized pizza. However you like it, they will make it for you. But they don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Facebook and Instagram for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Here's a little bit more on Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
0: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
7: And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel,
6: no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshana is where you need to come. You
7: can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
3: L.E.X. Eagles.
4: We're back. Appreciate you hanging with us, making us a part of your day. We are Sports Take Jacob's YouTube Network. That's Tone. I'm Rob. Hey, Tone, can we throw up uh, Gunner's uh, GoFundMe, please? I, I should have told you sure. this morning, right? My Sure, sure can. And, sure we, and can. we can end it in the chat, too. I'd appreciate it. So, so folks who may not know... Um, Derek uh, Derek, and his wife, Trish, have gone through uh, you know, some, some medical issues, and uh, she's on the road to recovery, um, but it's going to be a long road and a winding one, um, and anything you can do to help, there's a GoFundMe page. Tone's going to pin it in the chat section to make it easy access for you guys, but uh, if you're just simply listening to us, you can go to Derek's Facebook page and connect there as well. Uh, it's support Pastor Trish, T-R-I-S-H, and Derek Gunn. Uh, we're up to thirty two thousand dollars right now which is excellent uh we're trying to get to the goal of 50. uh it, there's a lot of care that's involved in in you know with the the undertaking for what's going on with trish uh including alterations to the house uh and having different things done derek explains in full there uh on on the goFundme page exactly what's going on so i, I you know you, you can check that out as well in his own words but uh anything you do is help and if you just want to throw a prayer up there or, or just have a good thought uh that's it's really all we can ask. So appreciate everybody uh who has already contributed. And if you're considering, thank you. Thank you in advance. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Tom. Appreciate you throwing that up there, yes, man. Sure.
5: We appreciate uh, you, D gun. We love you, D gun. Yeah. And uh listen, you know, like Rob said, man, um, any love, any prayers, um, any sort of um uh you know funds that you can provide, you know, to help them get to their goal. Uh, it's always appreciated, no matter what, uh, yeah. no matter how big, no matter how small. So we appreciate you guys as always.
4: Yeah, Derek. Derek's in good spirits. Like you know, I, I I try not to pester him every single day, but I talk to him enough that that you know I, I get updates on what's going on and things are moving in a positive direction. It's just going to take a while. This is not going to be a quick fix. So uh, that's kind of where we're at, at at this point. But again, appreciate everybody. All right. So a couple other things. Uh, Tone. Let, let's look at this matchup wise. Okay. We got the Eagles and the Chiefs, the rematch of the Super Bowl. I think you ask most objective football fans; they will tell you that this is the two best teams in the NFL this year. One is eight and one. One is seven and two. You know, Andy Reid, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey. Really, nothing. Chris Jones. Nothing really more needs to be said on that front. And we know what the Eagles have done the last couple of years here. All right, so let's go head to head here, and who's got the advantage uh, in your estimation? I'm coming out of the shoot with the like you did to me yesterday. I'm going haymaker out of the shoot here. So that's what we have to do um quarterback hurts played a you know, runner up mvp last year mm-hmm. has has really come on from a passing game perspective this year despite dealing with a knee injury against you know a baby goat here in patrick mahomes a guy who's already won two uh a guy who's won multiple mvps won the mvp last year we saw what happened in in crunch time in the super bowl last year when he had to make plays he made plays etc this guy's ridiculous. Uh, advantage goes to who? Telling the to Shields.
5: Well, I mean, you had to go with the baby goat and Patrick Mahomes because he's just he's the best at what he does. Um, I don't put anyone above him um, at this point in his career. Um, just how, you know, when Tom Brady had his run, you, you, it was hard to put anybody above him. Um, it's no slight against Jalen Hurts at all, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we you know, we just got to call a spade a spade now. As far as this season goes, they're both having a pretty similar season in terms of uh, statistics. Um, Jalen Hurts is completing uh, 69% of his passes. Um, Mahomes is completing 69% of his passes. Um, Jalen Hurts has thrown just over 2,300 yards, um, 2,347 to be exact. Patrick Mahomes has thrown just over 2,400 yards, 2,442 to be exact. Um, They're both averaging uh, uh, over seven yards in attempt. you know, uh, as far as throwing goes, uh, they're both. Uh, um, um, Hertz is averaging two hundred sixty yards per game uh, in the air. Mahomes is averaging two seventy one uh, in the air. Uh, Hertz has fifteen passing touchdowns. Mahomes has seventeen. They both have eight interceptions. So they're both they're both having pretty comparable comparable seasons. Uh, they both have similar passer ratings of ninety seven um, on the season. Um, Mahomes is 96.7 to be exact, and Hurts is 97.0 on the dot. So they're both having similar statistical seasons. Now, the wild card is uh, Jalen Hurts' rush ability. Now, they both have a pretty good amount of yards on the ground. Mahomes is running the ball a lot this year, um, 42 42 attempts uh, on the ground, To Jalen Hurts is 88. Um, But Jalen Hurts has 316 yards. Mahomes has 258. Mahomes is averaging more yards um per attempt with six yards uh, and, uh per rush um Hertz is averaging 3.6 yards per rush uh Hertz has seven rushing touchdowns Mahomes has none so and also and also they both fumbled the ball so uh they're both having pretty similar seasons but Jalen Hurts does have more total touchdowns at the end of the day Mahomes has Hertz has 22 total touchdowns on the season Mahomes just has uh 17. um that's the reality so um again they're both having tremendous seasons. They're both MVP candidates. Uh, I, when, when I say Patrick Mahomes, I take nothing away from Jalen Hurts. It's just the reality is Patrick Mahomes is the more refined, the more um, the more talented quarterback. You know that's just, just what it is.
4: Right. Like if, if we're having this discussion about maybe thirty other quarterbacks, I'm going Jalen Hurts here. This is no knock on Jalen Hurts, but at all until you sort of speak dethrone. Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, it, it, that's why I say even you're up three touchdowns with with two minutes left. I still don't feel comfortable against this guy. He's a freak. He just he figures out ways to win football games and he can hurt you so many different ways. He's great off schedule. He'll throw the sidearm pass, he'll throw a great deep ball. He's being asked to do it with a weak receiving core. A very weak receiving core in my estimation. Great tight end. Yeah. Great, great and, and also
5: Hertz hasn't beat him yet. You know, he's over two against Mahomes in his career. So exactly right. Exactly uh, Mahomes right. Has so, edge.
4: Yeah, this one's Mahomes. And that's okay. Because Hertz isn't far off. And if you're if you're comparing your quarterback and saying he's not far off from Patrick Mahomes, you're in pretty good shape uh with your quarterback. So uh but no, that one that one would go to Mahomes. All right, let's go running back. DeAndre Swift. Isaiah Pacheco are are kind of the the ones for both of these teams. Uh, Pacheco had a good Super Bowl, if you remember, against the Eagles. He had a, he's had a you know solid he, good player. I'll tell you what I I'll tell you what I really appreciate about him. That dude runs hard.
2: Yes, like, he runs he very hard. A
4: fearless cat man when it comes to contact. He will he will. I don't know what you do anymore. You stick your head down now, you get a flag. But you know what I mean. This dude is not afraid to take somebody on. So I. I I appreciate his game, but all right, who's got the advantage there?
5: Uh, This is interesting because I feel like they're both having extremely similar seasons. Um, They both play the position similarly. Uh, I think you are right. I think Pacheco uh, does run a bit harder. Um, He's a bit more of a physical runner. Uh, But I would definitely have to give the edge to DeAndre Swift. I believe he's more of a threat in the passing game. And again, the, the Chiefs are using Pacheco in the passing game as well. Um, their stats are similar, but Swift has more rushing yards. Um, he has slightly more attempts. Uh, they both have three rushing touchdowns on the ground and they both have, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I got this right. Uh, they both have one receiving touchdown and they both have similar, uh, receiving yards on the season, but I'm going to, I'm going to give the edge to my guy, DeAndre Swift. I think he's a, I think he's a a bit more elusive, um, whereas though Pacheco has a bit more power. And with the run, so it's all about your style, really. Uh, but I just think that uh, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to DeAndre Swift. Um, that's you know th- that's how I'm rocking. He he's has he's had some bigger some bigger games on the season um, compared to uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I think Isaiah Pacheco's biggest game of the season uh, he had 150 yards well, over 20 carries, uh, his long 100 yard game on the season. And then when I think about DeAndre Swift and what he's done, I mean he has. Make sure I got this right here. He has a 175 rushing uh, – a 175 rushing yard game, a 130-yard rushing game. You know, uh, he he just – he's had some – he has some bigger games throughout the season. So I'm going to give the edge to De'Andre Swift.
4: I, I think this one's close, too. Like, I, I do think they're very, very comparable in terms of production, um, you know, and and both guys can catch the ball out of the backfield to an extent. Uh, I, I don't think there's – I don't think either are Belcal – you know, absolute studs. I think they're both really good in their own ways. Uh, you know, has Swift's production kind of fallen a little bit? Yeah. I, and there's a lot of things that go into that. I, I don't think he's quite run it as well, but I also don't think he's gotten as many opportunities uh, just mm-hmm. the way the game plans have gone. So you can't really hold that part of it against them. Um, but yeah, I, I would, uh, I would, I would slightly, I, I think Swift takes him because he's just a bet. He's better at catching the ball out of the backfield in my estimation. Not that Pacheco's bad. 24 for a buck 60 is not bad. I'm not saying that at all. Uh but I will yeah, I'm I'm going slightly swift. I think this one is pretty close to a toss up.
5: Yeah, it's a push. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: And if I'm again, if I'm looking at it real quick, Eagles are the best rushing team, uh, best rushing defense in football. I I think they will nullify a lot of That's a good out.
5: combo by you. That's a good yeah. pull by you because we have that has to get factored in in the game who has the edge in the game. And but yeah. when when you think about that notion of it, you know, you got to give the edge to Swift. Uh, the, the Eagles' run defense is just too stout, and I, I don't think I don't think Pacheco is going to be able to really do much against it.
4: Yep. Uh, so there's a couple of these that are no brainers. Okay, mm-hmm. this is one of them, in my opinion. Eagles receivers versus the Chiefs receivers.
5: Is water wet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you 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 got to go Eagles receivers. It's it's not even it's not even a question, man. Let's just be totally frank about this. AJ Brown. AJ Brown has more receiving yards than I think at, that whole crew, right? He has, he not the whole crew, well, close but, to the whole crew, but but but, but as far as the receipt, actually, no, you know what? You, I think you're actually right because I was looking at Charles Kelsey's numbers too. Yeah, take Kelsey um, out, just the wideouts. Yeah. yeah, if we're gonna, okay, let's 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 really be accurate about this. We're gonna make sure we give people <laughs> their actual credit here. All right, all uh, on this on the season, AJ Brown has 1,000 yards. 1005 yards. But just yep. you know, 1000 yards, right? Yep. So Rosh, Rashi Rice, 378 yards, plus Justin Watson's 276. Yep. Plus Marquez Valdes-Scantley's 249. 249.
4: Sky Moore 201.
5: But just those three guys, right? All
4: right. Yeah, yeah I mean, there is told me some of that was
5: 903 yeah. yards between three guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, AJ A. Brown has more receiving yards than 3 of their top targets.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Just, you know, that, and we're we're not even bringing uh, Devonte into this thing. You, you know, right? What I mean? So it's... now,
5: now if you want to, we can do that because Devonte Smith he got five thirty three on the season. Um, so one thousand five yards plus five thirty three math is fundamental. You guys, I got the calculator right here. That's that's one thousand. I see you under. using
4: your toes and your uh-huh. finger. I see it. I see that's, it. That's
5: that's that's one thousand. That's 1,538 yards, yeah, right? it's Yeah, this is guys. a
4: landslide. This is a landslide. Yeah, it's
5: not even added to add it up. None of the all receivers, right. none of them, can combine all the you – can't, you can't combine any of their receiver stats together and compare it to what Devontae Smith and A.G. Brown have done. It's but just – he, it's no comp.
4: You're right. But we could have gone into last year saying that. And, and, and look, Smith-Schuster was, is an upgrade from what they have it's now, true. too. But – Those guys did damage in the Super Bowl, man. You know, and this is where you got to take into account, like where I gave the Eagles run defense credit. Their pass defense is bad. I will still give the Eagles. Pat Mahomes can make mediocre receivers look good. I know, I know. I'm saying Eagles still get the advantage, no doubt. But I'm just saying, just because these guys aren't great doesn't mean Patrick Mahomes can't make them look pretty good against this secondary. That's all I'm saying.
5: No, I hear you, I hear you, but you know, let's keep in mind we've already accounted for Mahomes already in this uh in this topic, right? You know, we're looking at these guys in a vacuum. And the reality is, in the vacuum, those guys are dusty. (laughs) Dusty. They're not not able to run with uh, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. It's just just that simple, man. All
4: right. As much as that was a landslide, so is this one the other way. Without Goddard, you know, come on. No
5: conversation.
4: It's Chiefs. It's Kelsey all day. Travis
5: Kelsey. Even with Goddard, you still got to give the edge to Kelsey. Uh,
4: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, so uh, let's move on then. Offensive line. You now, the Chiefs' offensive line is better, but it's not the Eagles' offensive line, in my opinion. So uh, this, this to me, is Eagles' O-line. They win this one. Where do you fall on this one?
5: Yeah, I have to give the edge to the Eagles' offensive line as well. That's not saying the Chiefs have a bad offensive line. Uh, but, you know, I just believe that like, if you go player for player – i think jordan Melada is better than donovan smith on the chiefs uh joe joe thune joe thune yeah mm, it's a push between him and landon dickerson it's, it, it, it's a push joe joe thune is a very good guard very very good guard so it's a push between him and landon dickerson they're pretty comparable um creed humphrey versus jason kelsey now creed humphrey is younger
4: right
5: um but i think i think their talent is pretty much on par with each other yeah Creed uh, but,
4: very good
5: creed humphrey is one of the but creed humphrey's a top three center in this NFL, if you ask me, um, uh, at, at, at right guard, that's where things get interesting because Cam Jurgens, w- what's he going to be coming back to the lineup? The the, he's the, supposed the practice to be back. window,
4: remember, Tone, it opened up before the buy, so they bought him an extra two weeks.
5: Exactly. Remember that.
4: So he, barring a setback, I think he's good for Sunday. They practiced a little later today, like two two thirty today. So it's we'll have a better idea tomorrow on the show.
5: Yeah, and you know Trey Smith, he isn't he, he isn't having uh, a terrible season at all. He hasn't given up any sacks this year thus, thus far. He's having a pretty good season. Yeah, um, I may give the edge to Trey Smith, um, in this regard, um, just just because he he's he's played, he's been healthy the entire time. He hasn't given up any sacks. Uh, he has a PFF grade of sixty nine point five, almost seventy, which is which is pretty good. Uh, so you know, pretty good for the position. So I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Trey Smith there, uh, but then right tackle I'm definitely giving the edge to Lane Johnson, uh, who are whoever you want to bring up. I'm, I'm going Lane Johnson every single time. Absolutely. So I just I just think the Eagles have the edge overall, um, but I think it's a push at left guard and at center.
4: Yeah, um, Eagles, 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 but not by a landslide in that one. Yeah,
5: Eagles, but not by a landslide. And also you can make an argument the Eagles offensive line um, hasn't necessarily played up to their standards. I not, agree with that. Yep. Not, not saying they. Have fallen off and not saying they're not playing well.
4: There's room for improvement. There for is
5: a ceiling that they have that they're and not necessarily playing at. And it's know, hard-
4: I think we need to take into account a little bit, man, is like, you know, the, these guys are, are your play is going to diminish a little bit. You got Kelsey 35 ish, Lane 33 ish. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's going to be a little bit of a dip. I don't think there's been a huge dip. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going there, but.
5: Yeah. The reality is their ceiling is high yeah. and they haven't necessarily scratched it and we get so we get so bent out of shape because their ceiling is than Their ceiling is ha- higher than everyone else's.
4: Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, all right. So, uh, a couple other things, the, uh, let's go D line. I really think this is a push. I really do. Uh, if mm-hmm. you look at the chiefs with Chris Jones and the other guy that doesn't get talked about, and, and I get it, Chris Jones gets a lot of the, 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 the hype as he should on that D line is Mike Dana. Mike Dana's got five and a half sacks. He's off to a really good start for them. Uh, You combine those two guys, you know, one in the interior, Dana's on the outside for them. Uh, Really good. I'll tell you, you know, they've – that D-line is – could be a problem. Could be a problem here for the Eagles' offensive line. But I I think this one is very, very close. Maybe slight-edge Eagles as a complete D-line because of the interior and the edge guys. Uh, The Eagles are fourth in sacks. Uh, in the league. So they're a team that still, despite what some people may think, they still get after the quarterback at a really high level. And if you look at the – I gave you these stats yesterday real quick. Let me just give you those again because I think the second half of the season, there's going to be a ton of sacks coming for this team. I really do So the Eagles, um, in terms of like pressures and all those kind of things, so the Eagles are tied for fourth with 30 sacks defensive line. They have 112 pressures and 41 hurries. That's first in the entire NFL. Uh they're third, they have 34 QB knockdowns, which is fourth. I think like the dam is about to burst in terms of the pass rush, my opinion.
5: It has to. This is gonna this, this is gonna be a big um this is gonna be a big uh second half of the season for these guys, man. Um when I'm looking at both offensive lines, both offensive lines know how to get to the quarterback. That's yeah. th- that goes without saying. Um, George Karlof is having an amazing season. Um, uh, Mike Donna is having an amazing season. They both have six sacks, um, respectively. Uh, on top of that, Chris Jones is doing his thing. Um, can't deny that at all. I think he has seven and a half or six and a half sacks on the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but here's but here's the caveat here, right? Both teams can get at the at the quarterback can get to the quarterback at an elite level, but but the, the, the stark difference between the two is run defense. Yeah. Outside of Chris Jones, their run defense is pretty pretty average Mm -hmm. so i think that's where the philadelphia eagles are going to have to try to take advantage of the kansas city chiefs um i think that i think they need to they need to deploy a similar game plan um as they did against the against the Dallas cowboys they need to have a a balanced attack try to keep them off balance keep that pass rush at bay um try to beat them over the top so uh, we're going to see how this thing pans out but the eagles have to get their running game going if they don't they're going to lose this game and on top of that if they don't keep the Kansas City Chiefs' run game in check, they're going to lose this game. That's been the common denominator in, in, in both matchups that they've lost against the Chiefs. They've allowed the Chiefs to run all over them, and they have. And the Eagles haven't really taken advantage of their own running game. So, um, I think I think that's going to be the story of the uh, story of the matchup. Whoever has more rushing yards, whoever has more rushing yards, and gives up the least amount of rushing yards wins the game.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's jump ahead now <clears throat> to secondary. Uh, I think this is the Chiefs all day. The yeah, Chiefs young yeah. players have really improved, and the Eagles, we're, we're in like hope mode, Tone. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where we're at. We're in hope mode w- w- with the secondary. But tell me what you think.
5: Yeah, here, here's the reality uh, Chiefs secondary, they're younger, they're faster, and they're on the up and up. The Eagles secondary, they're older, they're slower, and they're, they're unfortunately on the decline. So when you when you add those things and when you take all those things into consideration, and on top of that, the Chiefs secondary is just playing better. Although the Eagles secondary has more experience, the other guys are just playing better. You got to give credit where is due. The uh, the Chiefs have the edge in the secondary without question.
4: Yeah, uh, I would agree. I I don't I this is what you're gonna need in the second half is Bradbury to step his game up, Slay to be a little bit better. Uh as you mentioned earlier, Bayard to to look like the guy who was a very good player in Tennessee for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And read Blanketship just to improve. Um and, and Roby. But that's a lot of ifs, you know, and a lot of this has to happen. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. There's a lot of room for improvement. And I think that it's possible. I don't think they're going to be good necessarily, but improved. Absolutely. That can happen.
5: Yeah. Their best um, corner, their best corner is Trent McDuffie. He's having an amazing <laughs> season right now. Yeah. Um, the the one they want to the one they the one they should want to take uh take advantage of is luxurious Sneed. Um even though even though as, as an entire unit they're playing better um here's the he, he's arguably their weakest uh starting corner um that includes uh Trent mcduffy and drew tranquil in the slot so yeah i think yeah. uh again um if, 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 I, if i'm going to take advantage of him if i'm going to take advantage of anybody um i'm either taking advantage of sneed and drew tranquil um mcduffy he's the tougher matchup they're probably going to put him on AJ Brown. It all depends on size, though. That's the reality. Who has the whoever has the bigger size is probably gonna go on AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, and they're probably gonna put uh Trent McDuffie on um Devontae Smith. So maybe AJ Brown can really feast on Legarius Need.
4: I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Now, here's the thing about their let, let's go linebackers here. They have good linebackers. Like you just brought up a couple names. Drew Tranquil has been awesome for them uh coming over from the Chargers. He's been really good. We know. How good, because we saw it up close and personal, uh, Nick Bolton can be um and can play. He can play at a really high level, but he's been hurt, unfortunately, for them. He's missed a you know a good amount of time. But that guy, when healthy, is really, really good. Uh, you know, Willie Gay, they, they there's some there's some talent there, at the linebacker spot for this team. There just is. And the Eagles right now, I think Cunningham's been better than we thought. Um now here's the
5: thing, though, Nick Bolton is on IR.
4: No, I know. I'm saying he's been hurt. He—that's a big thing. He—you remember what he did last year?
5: He—he he hurt us last year. Uh, yeah. But but Leo Chanel coming into coming into his wake has been playing pretty pretty decent. Yeah. Um. All things considered, so the, overall, that entire defense is playing well. They play they play together. They're young. They're all on the up and up, man. The, the Chiefs are going to have a good defense for a while. They can take care. If they can all Great. manage to take care of those guys, they financially. drafted well. Veach is they, a good. GM. They, they drafted very well on defense. Very well.
4: Um, I, this one, I don't, I would lean towards the chiefs, but just because the Eagles linebackers have been mediocre, you know, but it's, and we'll see.
5: Yeah. You know, it's overall, you know, it's it's, their, their linebacker core is playing better. Yeah. They're they're playing better, especially in pass coverage. I think that's the main thing. They're, 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 they're playing a lot better in pass coverage and, and it shows, it shows on film. I think I think we I think we would have got a better feel for this linebacker core if they if for the Eagles linebacker core if they weren't trying to force feed us uh N'Kobe Dean because it kind of mess it, 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 it kind of messed up the flow of things especially with Zach Cunningham and Nick and Nick Morrow they had a flow you try to force feed Nicobe Dean it throws off everything and it, the, again lack of continuity. You know, so I think I think that hurt them in the long run. I feel like this linebacker core probably probably would have been further ahead if they would have just maintained it with those two guys. So, but again, they haven't. They have a second half of the season to get things right. Uh, no better time to start than against the Kansas City Chiefs.
4: Yes. All right. Last one. Uh, let's go coaching. You got to go, Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid's track record. Andy Reid has beaten Nick in a Super Bowl. He's beaten him in a regular season. Mm-hmm. It's Andy Reid. Yeah, it doesn't mean the no. Eagles going to lose the game, but it's Andy Reid all day. Yeah, you
5: you can even t- you even take it further. Say Andy Reid, Spags, Coach Spagnuolo. Like it's, it's 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 the Edge. It's, it's Edge Chiefs. You know, without question, man. Andy Reid, too much uh, too much experience. Super Bowls. He has the quarterback. He has he has the brain trust. Uh, the the, the, the defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, three time Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. He 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 just does an amazing job of what he does, man. Um, Eagles like the experience on their side. Nick doesn't have as much experience as uh, Andy Reid, uh, Brian Johnson. Uh, same thing. And then you got Sean DeSai, who doesn't have the same amount of experience as Spagnuolo. So again, you, it's, it's 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 no slight against the other guys. It's just a reality. It's, it's yeah. just the fact of the matter. You know, you those know what guys. It's like, have- it's
4: like the quarterback thing. You're going to hmm. go Mahomes, but it doesn't mean the other guy isn't isn't hmm. excellent.
5: You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, they just have the edge in yep. in those in those two categories.
4: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, so a couple other odds and ends, which we'll dig in. You know what, let's do it when we get back. Let's let's go into our over-under second half of the season. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. So the Eagles have that difficult stretch coming up where they play five teams at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, at Dallas, at Seattle. We all, we've talked about it. We'll continue to talk about it. We know that's what's coming up. I'll pose the U-tone, for example, when we come back. Uh I'm going to set an over-under for wins during that five-game stretch at three and a half. You tell me if you think the Eagles are going to be under or over that. That's an example of what we're going to do. But other things will encompass the entire season, but we'll do our Eagles over-unders when we return. So don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Thursday Sports Take. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust and finding that right person can be a real challenge. And it was a challenge for me for a long time, but I found the right person in Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And I want you to do that as well. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier for you. It could be, you know, figuring out how you want to go about things for your retirement planning, your 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to get employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Give him a call right now, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot jim at principal.com that's Jim at principal.com
1: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
0: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a, a good play calling along the way. First goal, at the
7: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
0: On three. One, two, three. Because
7: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
4: Welcome back in, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out with us. We are Sports Stake. If you could hit the like button, my friends, uh, that would be kind of you. Uh, he is Tone. I'm Rob. Uh, on this Thursday. All right. Over-unders, Tone, for the second half right. of the Eagles season. And I I'll, let's hit it right there with the one that I, I teased before we went to break. All right. At Chiefs, Buffalo home. Buffalo's been disappointing, no doubt. San Fran. Looks like they got their mojo back after they, they took care of Jacksonville coming off the bye. At Dallas, we know the Eagles beat him here, but it was a sweat kind of game. And then at Seattle, a place that has been a house of horrors for the Eagles, no matter what the circumstances. So, hard stretch. By far the hardest stretch of anybody in a five-game period of anybody in the NFL. So, I'm going to set the over-under at three and a half wins for these five games. Where do you fall on this?
5: Oh, man, this is tough because... I'm I'm a fan, right? And I always want to say and I and I always want to uh assume they're gonna win every game, but they're not. So in this five game stretch, all the teams you mentioned, I think I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna say three wins, not two, not one. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna go three and two over the stretch. What do you
4: think? Okay. I hate to say it. I don't have a good feeling. And I know everybody in the in the chat's gonna lose their minds when I say this. I think they're two and three, Tone. During this stretch, I think they're two and three. Yeah. Wow. See, see, see I'm, what Where, where is this bad I'll feeling give, I'll coming it, from? I'll give it to you. I'm just, I'm just being honest. So, I, I, I've gone back and forth from earlier in the season, in the off season, where I thought the Eagles were going to win this game uh, on Monday. I, I don't feel that way right now. I think it's a slight lean towards the Chiefs. Um, I think they handle Buffalo. I think Buffalo's a fraud. Uh, I think they lose San Fran. I hate to say it. I think they lose at Dallas, and I think they win at Seattle. As weird as that sounds. Now, all that said. But you, played at, earlier, earlier, you had them losing at Seattle. I know, I know, I know. I've changed. Uh, I had them beating <laughs> San. Uh, I, I had them beating Kansas City too. I've changed. I, I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. No. Uh, I think they go two and three. But two and three get you to 13 and 4. Because I think they win the last three. Two Giants games in, in Arizona. They'll win those if they're trying to win those. That gets you to 13 and 4. I think that still it's going to be close, but I think that still gets you home field advantage because I know Detroit's schedule is cake. I get it. I think they're going to stumble a couple spots there. One of them could tough tough one could be Minnesota, who's better than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dallas loses at least one more Dallas already has three right now. The tough thing is going to be the head to head because they will have split with Dallas. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think ultimately the Eagles lose two out of three. I hope I'm Look, man, I hope you and I are sitting here Tuesday and everybody's killing me in the chat and you too. I hope that's what's going on. I'm I think gonna, it's going to yeah. be a super close game, but I think the um. Eagles, yeah, I think the Chiefs just nudge them nudge out of there. I do.
5: I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to hold you to the fire, man. Um, yes, please. Especially, especially if they end up going three and two over the stretch. Look, the reality is they can lose and or beat any of these teams in this five-game stretch. I know we want to predict where the win where the loss is. Yeah. But you tell me who's healthier, I'll tell you who's likely to win the game. On top of that, you can really sprinkle in who – again, it can be a crap shoot. It's, it can be a slot machine where the three – you know, where the three wins come from. You know what I mean? Sure. So um, okay. yeah, I'm taking the under with three wins. I, I definitely had them going above 500 over this stretch.
4: Okay. So you have, you're at three and two, I'm at two and three. And I think, you know, I think a lot of Eagles fans are four and one, five and oh, like I, I'm seeing a lot of that. This is a really, really difficult stretch. And by the way, Like, I think some people also look at it like, all right, if you're two and three during this stretch, there's no chance you're going to win in the playoffs. I don't agree with that either. I think you're in a real tough spot in Dallas. It's a revenge game. It's at Dallas. I think that's a really tough spot. I think Kansas City's always tough to play, a place to play uh, there. You're going against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think that's tough. The San Fran game could be a flip game tone. And here's what I mean by that. If over the next two weeks, San Francisco looks – goes back to sort of looking okay and proc purdy's turning the ball over i might change san francisco but if they the way they played against jacksonville looked like the way they started the season before they lost three straight if they if they continue to play that way i'll stick with my san francisco pick if not i might change san fran slight chance
5: you know with san fran here's the thing i like to keep in mind too um it came up of my week
4: <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm laughing at these guys uh you owe us a gritty dance on Tuesday I will no, do no, a gritty no, no, no. please keep that
5: please keep that all right I was gonna
4: say I would do one <laughs> if the Eagles won nope. but all, right.
5: all ask, right Eagles fans ask for something else I don't know, ask, you, know.
4: <laughs> you don't need insult to injury yes I hear you
5: but um but that 49ers game they, they did beat the Jags and the Jags are a good team you know don't yeah. get it twisted I'm pretty high on the Jags still am but they can They came off a bye. They had two weeks to prepare for a Jags team. You know, there's are st- they're not saying the 49ers got away with one, but you know, they 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 came out the gate shooting, and they had two weeks to prepare. You know, now they get back into the full rigors of a season. We'll see who they are. You know, when they come to Lincoln Financial.
4: Mm-hmm. Correct. We will. You're right. And, and all the whining they did, all the crying, all the other mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the that's kind of the
5: stuff thing. that can uh, haunt you when you're that team that's whining.
4: That's the thing. It can, it's either you're either the Niners are either going to come in here like really on a mission and do it the right way and be focused and and all that, or they're going to be so caught up in the way that that game went last year that they're going to be a mess and they're going to get in their own way and they're going to try and overdo it with certain things and make mistakes if that's the case. I really
5: mm-hmm. and who, who knows? Purdy may start seeing ghosts. You know, last time he was on Lincoln like, financial field, you know, they put that, you know, they put that UCL on the platter and grilled it up. So, uh, you know, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how how things go um, when the rubber meets the road.
4: Okay. All right. Uh, right. I'll go regular season now. 13 and a half wins over or under for you. 13 and a half.
5: So because I have them going three and two over the stretch, um, I obviously had them beating, I, I obviously had them winning the final three games of the season. So that would mean six and two. So six and two plus their current eight and one record. Uh, by, by mathematical standards, that's 14 and three. Yep. So um, I guess by, based off of my math and everything I've already predicted and everything that's happened, I had them going uh, 14 and three on the season. So I have the over with them winning 14 games on the season.
4: That's awesome. That's awesome. Which is what they I, did last year, right? Yeah, it's exactly what the record was. I have them at thirteen and four, so I w- I would take the under. Still, the still,
5: still, 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 still a reasonable number. Um, I guess, I guess, I guess you can only get to thirteen and four is if they lose three games in this stretch, right? So, because we definitely don't have them losing any of those final three games.
4: No, I mean the only way they would lose any of those three, in my estimation. Is if and this isn't going to be the case, I don't think. Is if they had everything locked up and they're playing nobody, and you know they're right, playing right. the subs, which they're not going to be. But that's the only way that that would happen.
5: Exactly, and, and and like you said, you know, just based off of everything that's happened thus far, and with the Cowboys already having three losses, um, the reality is, if the Eagles do go fourteen and three, the Cowboys essentially have to win out, which which I don't see happening at all. If the Cowboys even drop two games, they're not winning, they're not getting the number one seed. Yeah. So and then you got then you got the Lions, who are a team that's not far behind the Philadelphia Eagles. They've only lost two games, but like you said, they got to play the Vikings twice and they got the Cowboys. I think that final three game stretch for them, actually that final four game stretch for them is going to really test them because the Broncos are trending up. Viking excuse me, Vikings are trending up. Cowboys are who they are. And Vikings again. So yeah, Vikings
4: be... are, are are a bit of a wild card. You know, they, yeah. they to their credit, they've, I mean, what a job they've done. Uh They've won five straight. We'll see if they can maintain. I mean, that's yeah. good. I, I wouldn't be
5: surprised if the Lions go two and two in the final four games of the season.
4: Yeah. So, I, 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 I same here. Like, I, I think we're sort of, we're, we're going a little overboard with the Lions to an extent. I think people are like, oh my God, their schedule's cake. They're going to run the table. I, I don't buy that. I, I I don't I see two more losses at least mixed in there I really do
5: exactly I mean they've uh, had right. games where they've yeah. only put up twenty points against the Falcons and Buccaneers and whatever so they have the, so that's two games where they've uh, kind of limped against the NFC South um so we'll see if they can uh do that against the Saints they're on the road they got they got some road games they got some tough road games coming up so they
4: do they do all right let's go to this is the sack total tone I'm gonna ask you for for the end of the year what I mean by that is. Actually, no, I'm just going to keep it to this half. Sorry. Uh, right now, the Eagles have 30 sacks through nine games. Okay. Will they have over or under 32 and a half for the last eight games? Hmm. So I'm asking you if they're going to step their game up a lo- slightly, uh, get get two and a half more or less through one less game. Having all the background I gave you with the pressures and all that other stuff.
5: Hmm. I think I think it's going to be under okay. because although they have 30 sacks on the first half of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they match that with another 30 or even 31. Um, you know, they had over 70 sacks last year. You're probably not going to see that ever again. You know, it's just I'm thinking about the way teams have been game planning against them. I have no doubt that the Eagles are going to get pressures. I have no doubt that they're going to get quarterback hits. But can they get home? That's going to be the biggest question because these teams are game planning to get the ball out their hands so fast. So I'm just trying to take into consideration what the opponent could potentially do to game plan against what the Eagles do well. So I think it's realistic to say they're going to be on par. For what they've done the first half of the season, maybe a tidbit more. So I'm going to take the uh the under. Um, I think I think in the second half of the season they might they're going to have about 32 sacks, 31 sacks.
4: Okay, okay, so you go under. I'm going to go over. I I, I I'm big on this. Is they're going to have a big second half sack wise. I think what you're going to see is Reddit continue at the same pace, Sweat continue at the same pace, BG steps it up enough. Mm-hmm. I I no reason to believe that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis can't continue to grow. And get you a couple more. I think Fletcher will get you a couple more. That'll be mixed in. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to get there. I do. I think they're going to have a big, big total in the second. half. I'm telling you, man. Though that D line is going to be dying to get to the quarterback a couple times in this game Monday night. Considering they didn't get any last year on that on that that greasy field. Yeah, um, I can't
5: I, I can't argue with that. I mean, you know, look, I want if they get 40 seconds in the second half, I'm mad at it. You know yeah, what I mean? I just you. a you know just a humble prediction. I like to
4: call it. Uh, let's go AJ Brown. And I'm going to ask you this for the end of the season, where he's going to be. All right. You mentioned, what's he got? 1,076. I think it is something like Uh, that. Oh, 1,005. 1,005. Sorry. 1,005 yards right now. By the end of the season, over or under 2,000 yards receiving for AJ? Mm, Again, I want to be realistic.
5: I think he's going, I think he's going to have under. Um, I think he's, I think he's going, I think he's going to float around. The eighteen hundred, the nineteen hundred mark. I don't think I don't think he eclipses two thousand. Okay, uh, you know Devontae Smith's his target his targets are going to go up, and look AJ Brown's targets are going to go up as well because of Dallas Goddard being out. So look, I could be I could be totally off because maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm discounting Dallas Goddard being out, but I feel like I'm actually factoring it in, but just from a different perspective. I think Devontae is going to benefit more from it because because Devont- um, it's not like AJ Brown wasn't getting a lot of targets when Goddard, when Goddard was out there. So um, maybe his targets can go up. But I think Devontae's targets will go up even more so um, rather uh, rather than A.J. Brown's. But I think A.J. Brown is uh, going to definitely hang around that 1,800, 1,900-yard mark. He's going to be just short of 2,000. So I want to, I'm, I'm going to take the under with that.
4: Okay. I will go uh, under as well. I, I just think that there's a reason why – This doesn't happen in the NFL for 2,000 yards. It just doesn't. It's very rare. He's got less games to be able to do it. I know he got Uh right at the 1,000-yard mark through nine games right around it. Um, I just think by nature of the beast and team's game planning, and you're going to have an off day from here from time to time, I think he comes in 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 like the 1900s. I think he's slightly under. Which is an insane season, by the way, but I think he's slightly under.
5: Exactly. it'll It'll be the it'll be the biggest um receiving season for any um, Eagles wide for any for any Eagles wide receiver by a huge margin. Yep. Um, uh, another, another thing to keep in mind: if he was to get two thousand yards, remind you he's nine hundred and ninety five yards short. In order for him to get two thousand yards on the season, exactly, he has to average just above one hundred and twenty four yards a game. It's hard to do. Every it's game. hard to do. Now, yeah. granted, he did it through six games, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in the first half of the season, right? Yeah. Um, can he? He's shown us that it's possible. Yeah. But through an eight game stretch, averaging 124 yards a game.
4: That's tough, man.
5: That's tough, man. That's tough. Even if, you know, and maybe he has a 200 yard game and maybe a 99 yard game somewhere, but like it's it's just going to be so tough to sustain that uh, to average 124 yards over an eight game span. It was already tough enough, averaging six yards uh, over a six game span. So I'm just trying to be realistic with this, man. And again, an 1800 yard, 1900 yard season is still beautiful. Um, no matter what franchise you play for, um, some, some organizations don't have any kind of wide receiver that gets those kind of numbers, and the Philadelphia Eagles um, are, are blessed to be able to have an, uh, an opportunity to have a guy um, break records, um, you know, as far as receptions, um, break records as far as yards, and you never know, maybe touchdowns. All
4: right, let's go. Uh, let's go with his running mate here. Let's go, Devontae. Uh, I'm going to go over under 1,200 yards when all is said and done for him. 1,200 for Devontae. Mm. Where is he at right now? Da, he's at uh, Devontae. Yeah, Devontae. Right now, I have it. Uh, he is at five hundred thirty-three. Uh, so that would that would get you.
2: Hmm.
4: It would get you a little under eleven 1, hundred right now. If you if if, if if but he has one less game to do it in too. So he's only it's going to be in eight games instead of nine.
5: Okay, so eight game stretch. Uh, in order to get twelve hundred yards, he needs six hundred and sixty-seven more yards. So six sixty-seven divided by eight. He's gonna to have to average just over eighty-three yards a game to get that number. Uh, I feel like again being realistic. You know what? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. I'll, I'll say just over, just over. Okay. Because last year he had 1,100 yards and some change. Um, I think he gets just over just over um maybe like 12 10 12 15. I, i'm gonna go out on the limb here because again i'm saying that i've already uh, i've already um you know you know i've already written in the stone that his his numbers are, are going to jump dramatically because it got to band out so um i'm willing I, i'm i'm willing to bet that he scratches 1200 yards this season so um i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna roll with that i'm gonna go out on the limb there 1200 yards
4: plus for Devontae Smith what do you think i'm still gonna go slightly under uh i, I think he's it's just gonna be tough with aj's production Um, now the one thing I think we should probably take into account is not having Goddard for the next, whatever it is, five weeks could mean more production for both of them in terms of attempts possibly. So that could help both in trying to get over these. I think Devante's a little bit under a little bit under, I think he's in the 11 hundreds. I'm going to go slightly under.
5: And and you know what? It's not, it's not a blasphemous take. I mean, you know, Uh, I, 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 you know, I even said it myself, I'm going out on a limb here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it Maybe it's more likely he flirts around the eleven hundred mark, um, which is what he did last year. Um last year to be exact, he had a grand total of uh 1,196. So he was really four yards shot. shy, four yep. yards shy of twelve hundred. So mm-hmm. um again, I'm I'm really banking on him having a huge second half because it gotta be an out. Like I said, I'm willing to go out on the limit, and roll those dice.
4: Okay. All right. Uh defensively, let's hop over there. I want to go interceptions with you. And if you look at what they've done, this has been a major issue for this team and something that has to be better in the second half of the season, generally. Oh, hold on, have- we, 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 we skipped uh, Swift. Oh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we can do Swift now. Let's do Swift. All, yeah, let's right. Do All right, let's go DeAndre. D- Does DeAndre get to 1,000 yards rushing? Does he get to 1,000? So where he's at right now. Uh six fourteen six fourteen uh through nine games. So what do you think? Does he get over or under a thousand?
5: Um I think he gets over. Um in order to get to the thousand mark, he needs six hundred. Uh he needs uh let me make sure I got this right. He needs three hundred and eighty-six yards to get to one thousand. Yeah. If you divide that over an eight-game span, that's averaging just over 48 yards um, per game. He's already averaging 68 yards per game on a season. I think I think he can get – I think he can average over 48 yards per game over an eight-game stretch. I definitely think DeAndre Swift uh, gets just, just, just over, just over 1,000 yards rushing.
4: I think he gets it too. I do. I think he gets it. Um, I think they're going to put a little bit more emphasis on the run. I don't think they're going to run a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I think mm-hmm. they'll put more emphasis on it, and I think he actually will get there. I do. I think he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher. I think it's going to be right on the number, right on, right above. But I have no reason to believe he can't do it um, if he stays healthy. Yeah, so and I, it'll also
5: be his first 1,000-yard rushing season of his career, too.
4: Right, right. Pretty cool accomplishment in his hometown.
5: Yeah, I'm and exactly. and, he's in, and he's going to be in a contract. He, he's in a contract year, so he understands what's at stake here uh, in the long term. Um, we all know he's not going to be here next year, so I'm, he, he, he's, he's definitely trying to um, go uh, balls to the wall.
4: Yeah. Uh all right, let's go defensively. They have four picks on the season so far. Can they ask you for the second half? Will they get four and a half? Four and a half. That would, you know, give at minimum that gets them the nine interceptions of the season as a team.
5: I'm rolling with that. I'm all rolling right. with the over. I'm taking I'm taking over four and a half. Um I I am expecting big things from the secondary and the second half of the season. Um they're going to be going up against quarterbacks that love to throw the ball a lot. Uh Petra Mahomes, um, Josh Allen. Uh, who else? Um, Dak Prescott likes to throw the ball a lot. Uh, they 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 like to keep Purdy within a certain pitch count, but he has been prone to throw interceptions a lot over the past um, four or five weeks. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the over with that. Um, so I, I I think they're going to have maybe five interceptions in the second half for the uh, second half of the season. Uh, I think, and again, me going out on a limb, I think Kevin Byard is going to have two of them.
4: Ooh, okay. And well, look—he's got 27 for his career. The guy's been a ball career. hawk in
5: his career. Yep, yep. I like that. And uh, um, some of his best games have come against. Uh, if I'm, I, I can't remember where I heard this. Uh, I think it was the Buffalo Bills. Some of his best games have been against the Buffalo Bills. So, okay. Um, yeah. I just, uh, and and we know Josh Allen. He he loves throwing them picks. So yeah, I think so I, I, I think I think Eagles definitely get over four and a half. Uh, interceptions on the season. Kevin Byard is going to snag two of them. Book it.
4: All right. I'm, I'm going to throw this out there as they better, better get more than four and a half interceptions. Okay. I mean, it's time to start taking the ball away, boys. I don't care right. if it's the secondary, the linebackers. Uh, you know, Josh Sweat makes a play like he made in Dallas last year. Whatever, man. Yes. I'm going to say yes, because I'm going to back them on this and believe it. And I'll tell you, if they're at like three tone by the end of the season, it's not a good sign. For the second half of the year <laughs> I mean, you you can book that they end up with seven interceptions for the season that's a bad bad total so yeah man let's go all right let's go as far as that goes all right um i want to stay on defense for a minute then i want to hit you with the with the final one but okay hassan reddick hassan reddick 14 sacks uh is, is where i'm setting the over under so hassan right now you look at the after not having one for the first three games is it seven and a half so he is, he's coming, man. I mean, it's, it's, he's been, you know, really, really on a run here yeah. for the last couple Because,
5: of weeks. because with sacks, they always count half sacks. Do you want to make it 13 and a half? Go, go
4: 13 and a half. Yeah. Go, I'm sorry. Go 13 and a half.
5: Okay. Okay.
4: Well, you could get a half a sack, though.
5: That's, that's, you are you know what? For the same reason I said 13 and a half, it works both ways. That's, that's a good point. Oh, um, either way.
4: So, let's, so, yeah, but let's, you know, I like that, though. Let's stay at 13 and a half. Let's, okay. Let's, yeah.
5: I'm gonna say over. I'm yep. gonna say over, man. Uh this this guy Hassan Reddick is a dog. I'm sorry. I don't care what nobody says, man. He's arguably one of the best pass rushers on the edge in the NFL. Doesn't get uh, the credit he deserves uh because he because he doesn't have um the name or the notoriety that comes with playing for the cowboys or the 49ers or the Steelers, but he is arguably one of the best pass rushers, one of the one of the one of the pure pass rushers in the NFL. Yep. You know, people talk about Michael Parsons, people talk about Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Um, you know, they talk about Nick Bosa, all those guys, right? I totally understand, all those guys are great in their own right. But Hassan Reddick, he gets it done too in the pass rush, he definitely gets it done. Um, gotta get credible credits due. Uh, on the season right now, where is he as far as stats goes? He has seven and a half on the season right now, correct?
4: Yep, seven and a half.
5: Yeah, seven and a half on the season, so I don't see why my man can't double up. I think I, I think he's going to match his totals from last year.
4: Yeah, I mean to get to this he needs 6. Like if we're talking about 13 and a half, do I think he can get 6 over the next 8 games? Yes. I'm yeah. going over, man. Yes,
5: yeah, he, he had 16 last year. Yeah. And uh let's let's just put things in perspective too, right? Let's let's look at his game log from the previous season because I want to see how many he had at the 8 and 1 mark on the season. So when the when the Eagles were 8 and 1, he had us let's, let's just look at the math real quick all right let's see here so he had one
4: two three five seven and a half yeah he's getting there wow. he stays healthy well
5: six, well, six and there. a half excuse me he had six and a half he had six and a half when they were eight and one last year Yeah, six and a half so he already has seven and a half now so uh he went crazy in those final four games he had two against New Orleans two against Dallas and two against Chicago one against the Giants, one against Tennessee, and, had, and half against the Green Bay. He had one, two, three, four, five, six straight games with a half a sack or more, man. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I take that back. He had, yo, wow, this is crazy. Um, after you know, he uh, starting at that Washington loss last year, he had one, two, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, six and a half, eight and a half, ten and a half sacks in the second half of the season. He got 10 and a half sacks in the second half of the season. Come okay. on, man. How, yeah, how, how, can I again? how can I bet against that trend?
4: Yep. Hey, Nick Sirianni's meeting with the media. He said that um, he has watched the game tape of the Super Bowl. He said he's found it very helpful in his prep. Uh, for the most part, he says it hasn't been hard to remove the emotion from it. You buying that? He said it hasn't been hard or has been hard? It has hard? not been hard to remove the emotion From the game i'm not buying it i'm not buying that because
5: we know who you are you're a very passionate guy like myself i can be emotional at times i know i i I know what it's like to be to wear your heart on your sleeve i know exactly what that's like so maybe it's gotten easier to deal with sure but to remove to watch it objectively and remove the all emotion out of it, I don't think that's fair.
4: I'm with you. Like you, you can't get caught up in it too much, where you're out of control and not right. you know doing the things that you should be doing. And but it's okay to have a little fuel in the tank. Hey boys, remember what happened last year? Remember how close we were? Remember how that felt when that confetti was coming down? You know, that's that part of it's all right. I just think you have to harness it and use it the right way and not let it overtake you where you're not worried about your task at hand and what's happening in front of you during the game, but to have it, have a little bit of that in the tank. That's okay. I, I think yeah. it's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah
5: it, right. it's, it's perfectly healthy. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not buying that.
4: Let me hit you with uh one more here. We'll go Jalen hurts, Mr. Hurts. All right.
9: So looking at the stuff what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
1: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: That's right now for him. Just to just give you a, a perspective here, um, he has 15 touch, uh, touchdowns in the air. He's thrown 15 and he has rushed for seven. So he has 22 total. But we're going to focus on passing touchdowns for this. Over undertone. Over under for for Swift thirty passes at the end of the season. Will he be over that or under that? Thirty for the okay. end of the year.
5: All right. So over under for Jalen Hurts passing touchdowns. He has fifteen on the season, eight interceptions right now. He's been picking it up big time as of late. Based off ESPN's metrics, he's on pace for twenty eight passing touchdowns.
4: Because he does have the one less game. <clears throat> and
5: then also, and then if. What if he? What if he actually sits a game because they don't need the last one?
4: Yeah, you have to take all that into account for sure.
5: I think I think he's going to have under. I think he's going to flirt around. I think he's going to flirt around uh, between twenty six and twenty nine passing touchdowns on the season. I think I think that's realistic, all things considered, um, because he loves you know he he runs it in as well. You know we just got to factor in all those different variables. Um, you know what if what what if they're in a situation where they're blowing a team out? He's not going to be passing the ball that much. Um, if he's going to, get the if he's going to get to that number, most of these touchdowns are going to come over this five game stretch. Most of them, because he's going to have to ball out tremendously in these games. Yeah. He's going to have to be awesome. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's, he's going to have to be, he's going to have to be awesome. And if they're playing from behind, best believe he's going to throw the ball. So, um, realistically speaking, I think ESPN is pretty on point with that number 28 passing touchdowns. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he crosses the 30 mark.
4: I'm going under as well. Yeah, I'm going I think he's in the 28-29 range. I think he's somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. Yeah,
5: between 27 and 29. I I I think that's reasonable because again, um I think he's going to have I think he's going to have around 11-12 rushing touchdowns um by the end of the season. So uh I'm just trying to I'm just trying to account for all things, you know, when it comes to his style of play. You know, last year, last year he had 22 passing touchdowns and he had 13 rushing touchdowns which gave him a total of 35 total, total touchdowns on the season. Uh this year 15 and 7 which is 22 right now. I think that's I think that's par for the course man. Uh I think he's going to have more touchdowns this year obviously. Uh as a matter of fact, if I got him getting 28 passing touchdowns and he already has 7 rushing, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts has a total of 40 touchdowns combination
4: it's an unbelievable number it's and it's not it's not recognized enough in my opinion because the rushing touchdowns aren't respected enough which they should be i'm not sure why they aren't but they're yeah. not can
5: about- he get 18 touchdowns in the span of eight games
4: mm-hmm.
5: passing and rushing
4: i yeah, don't see why not agreed agreed all right so let's uh let's hit it and let's do we're gonna do a little combo effort uh when we come back tone we're gonna do a little more sixers a little more in-depth in depth than the sixers uh, I'll update you on a couple other stories that, that may impact the Phillies. Uh, I'll get you caught up on Draymond Green. Flyers on a little run, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, so we'll talk about them as well. NFL segment coming up at 1 o'clock, 1.30. We will talk to Eastern head football coach Billy Crocker. So he will join us as well. So we got a lot to do here, man, uh, in the next hour and a half of the program. So you don't want to go anywhere. He's Tone to shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're hanging with you on this Thursday. We are Sports State, Jake's Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. And I, I, I've told you guys before, if you if you listen to the show, if you haven't, I had some issues with some flooding in my house, uh, unfortunately, from a bathroom upstairs into a bathroom downstairs, which essentially ruined the ceiling in my basement, uh, in my bathroom, and the wall in my bathroom, and not to mention the carpet. Uh, so I reached out to Pro Action Restoration. And they're handling everything. It is one-stop shopping. They are handling the contract work, the painting, and the uh, putting a new rug down. They're doing all of that, uh, hopefully, uh, within the next week or so. I had uh, Mike out the other day to give me an estimate, so uh, we're getting there. But I got to tell you, it's been awesome. It has been awesome uh, dealing with them. It's been so easy dealing with them, and they are so informative and so good at what they do. Uh, I can speak from personal experience. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. They are presently working in conjunction with mine. Again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
3: G-L-E-X. Eagles.
4: We're back. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. That is Tone. I'm Rob for Sports Take. All right, Tone, back to the Sixers. So they lost 117-107 last night at home to the Celtics. They had no Kelly Oubre. They had no uh, Nicholas Batum. They didn't have either one of those guys. They're 8-3 on the season. It's their first two-game losing streak. Uh, Boston- Playing very well. We know how good Boston is. We know that Boston put an end to their season last night. Jason Tatum played well. Uh, Derek White played well. Al Horford played well. They had guys step up. Um, I think it's one of the issues with the Sixers is the the lack of stepping up. Uh, they didn't have enough help from others. From, from you know, When Embiid and Maxie played solid, maybe didn't play great. There weren't enough people other than maybe Springer, who I thought did a nice job for them. B-Ball Paul uh, did a nice job for them, but not a lot else on the bench especially. Um, and, and, you know, as, as the season goes on, you start to see some more trends and, and recognize, um, strengths and weaknesses. I think, you know, this team had, doesn't have a ton of depth. So you, when you're already without Oubre and you lose and, and Batum's out for personal reasons, you take a major hit, you take a major hit there. So that's a problem. And that has to be taken into account. And if you did not familiar with the Kelly Oubre situation, there's, you know, we're, we're, there, there's, I don't want to say conflicting reports. There, there, he reported or told police that he was hit by a car at a certain address. The police are saying that there's no there's no video evidence that that occurred. Now, we'll see. I, we haven't heard a further explanation from him uh, or the team or anything more from the police. We, we shall see. But at least for the foreseeable future, he is going to be out. The, the interesting thing is there is a report that came out last night from and Wojnarowski that says he's only going to be out about two more weeks. Uh, with those fractured ribs, we'll see. You know, we'll see how that shakes out. But nonetheless, as well as they play tone, there are you do see some some little holes here and there uh, with this team because let's face it, you you need Maxine and B to go crazy every night, and just by the nature of the beast, you're not going to go crazy every night. So, you know, there's there's a lot to dive into here with the Sixers.
5: Yeah, I mean, they're not getting enough from their veteran role players. You know, you have young guys like Paul Reed and uh Springer who are you know they're young right they're still finding their way around the league uh you can only expect much, so much from those guys but again you had Parry give you 10 off the bench you had uh Jaden Springer give you nine off the bench they did their part yeah I'm looking at Magazine, like Marcus Morris Sr I'm looking at uh Patrick Beverly you know what I mean yeah uh, th- those kind of guys and you can tell that Nick Nurse his trust doesn't necessarily run the deepest for guys like Daniel house right now. Yeah. Uh, and freaking cork miles. Both of those guys only played three minutes respectively. Um, Marcus Morris played eight minutes. Uh, the guys who led, led, led the charge off the bench from a minutes perspective has been, or is in that past game, at least Jaden Springer with 20 minutes, Paul Reed with 14, Patrick Beverly with 10. Mm-hmm. So they're, 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 they're asking Maxie to play, a lot of minutes on the floor. He's averaging about 38 minutes on the season. He had 39 minutes last night. Yeah. Tobias Harris played 38 minutes. Uh, Covington played 37 minutes. Uh, Embiid played 34 minutes. Melton played 34. Uh, Melton, he's very streaky, very hot and cold. So it just, when it he's just – He's been when off.
4: It, he got, he's gotten a little bit better. He's been terrible to start the season yeah, for the most he, part. He, gotten he's gotten better had,
5: lately. Yep. He's, yep. he's had a pretty good pass couple games, right? Yep. Um, but when I look at Boston, they're so deep. They you know they get they get so much production out of the guys that you don't really look to. Um, I love what Derek White provides, yep. uh, a sharpshooter. Um, Al Holford has always been at his best in Boston. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, and I, and I, he's I, always a
4: thorn in the side of the Sixers, almost. Always,
5: right. always. Um, I love the kid uh, Peyton Pritchard that they have. You know, uh, coming off the bench for them, they're just they're just a deeper. Te- they're just more talented. And their role players, it, you know, outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they have a lot of talent. And, you know, in the rest of those guys, yep. guys that can shoot, guys that can de- guys that can defend. You know what I mean? Um, you know, they're they're just a more talented crew uh, than the, uh, than the Philadelphia 76ers. And, and that's the difference. I'm really curious to see what uh I'm really curious to see what Darryl Morey does at the trade deadline, because th- this 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 supporting cast isn't going to cut it uh, going into the playoffs.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's where it's going to be really interesting to see what they do, um, in terms of what they add, how, how, how far they're willing to go. Meaning are, are they willing to take on years? Someone who's not in the last year of their deal. What, like what, how do they view this year? Are they looking at this year as let's just get through this year. Let all the expiring contracts run out. Let's have all the money, you know, let's resign maxi and then go out there and go crazy. Or, do they look at it like, hey, we're not that far off. We we get a couple other pieces here to to help them beat in Maxi and and Harris. We got a real shot. I, that's the part and this, and this is where time's on your side. You got to just let it play. I mean, you play 11 games. Get closer to the trade deadline, make a call, but that call is going to be very fascinating from this team.
5: Yeah, because you know, now now they're facing a now they're facing a different battle, right? You know, with James Harden the battle was Um, Whether or not they were able to find a trade partner for him, Um, you know, uh, how much flexibility could they get themselves um, from, you know, from a financial perspective. Right. Um, They were facing those kind of battles. Now they have a new battle of do we buy into this season or do we exercise a certain level of patience and go all in on the following season? I'm pretty sure Daryl Morey, his mindset is. Next season. But if you're asking Joel Embiid, his mind says now. Mm-hmm. And and, th- and that's the problem. That's that's the new issue where they are right now. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Well, I'll put it this way. It's a better problem to deal with than the one they were dealing with prior to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be the conundrum for the, Phil- for the Philadelphia 76ers. Are, do they believe that Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris coupled with Joel Embiid is enough to get them through to the playoffs and maybe make a push, is it are those three guys? Are those three guys enough to the point where you you want to say uh, okay, I'm I'm willing to pull the trigger and add some better pieces around it because I think I, th- I think I can win with this core. Uh, and also, here's another factor:
7: you, yeah,
5: after this season, Tobias Harris is not on the roster anymore. Correct. Yep. So, do they want to try to maximize this final season they may have with him? It's so many variables that may go along with this. But if I had to roll the dice, I think Daryl Morey is going to – I think Daryl Morey is once again going to try to make something happen at the straight deadline.
4: Yeah, I I think a lot of it depends. I mean, you don't want to make the mistake the Giants in football made where you overvalue. Ooh, that's a good point. That's a very good comp right there. You don't want to overvalue where you are. Because then all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, we got Daniel Jones with major money for one more year, you et cetera. You don't want to fall into that trap. So you've you got to really be cold and calculated and objective when you're looking at this thing. And and, and you're asking yourself the, the thing we all ask. Are they better than Boston? Are they better than Milwaukee? I mean, and if you want to throw somebody else in, they're fine. But it's really those two that you is your measuring stick in the East, and they're the two that you're going to be targeting or trying to beat, I guess. And, and, and so I will tell you, so far, Indiana's have got a nice team. The Heat have played pretty well. But I don't see anybody that's special – you know, really even beyond those two. And Milwaukee is not as good defensively uh, as they once were. So, I, yeah. you know, if you're asking me, it is it is doable. It yeah, is doable I, in the East right now.
5: It is. It's, it, it's really going to come down to the matchups, right, in the playoffs. You know, who they get in the first round. You know, can they get a layup in the, in the first round? You know what I mean? Um, I still got the Sixers overall being the third best team in the conference when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Boston. I got Boston being number one, Milwaukee number two. Um. Well, yeah, I got Boston number one, Milwaukee number two, Sixers a close three, right? Uh, but again, man, we still we, even though it's been exciting these past uh, several games, we still don't know. We don't. We still don't know what this team is. Yeah, we don't know how good they are. We don't. You know. You know. We we we, we got a sense for how good Maxi can be. We got a sense for that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to get better as the season goes. I think. He's, I think he's going to get better to the point where he's going to start impacting the game uh in different ways and he he already has and it's going to be important for him to really you know um, really take really take off because he could potentially take a lot of the load off of joel and beat
4: oh for sure i mean he he can help him yeah because especially as the season goes on there's going to be load management there's going to be games which when joel isn't playing and you know tyrese is is going to have to carry a big 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 burden that's for sure on those nights there's no doubt Uh, All right, let me hit you with a couple other odds and ends here. So the Flyers win 3-1 over the Hurricanes. They're 8-7-1 on the season. Just that in and of itself through 16 games for a team that has not a lot of talent. You got to give them and Tortorella, the coach, credit. They have played better than I thought they were uh, to start the season. It's a longer sample size than the first five games. So props to the Flyers for playing hard. Carter Hart, uh, 31 saves on 32 shots last night. And they've won three straight, Tone. They were at a low point. When they lost that game to San Jose, who was winless, but they didn't let it spiral, you know, kind of clean themselves off, and and boom, they've won three straight. So nice work, that nice, props to the Flyers. Good, yeah,
5: good job as so it, yeah. As of right now, um, they're they're middle of the pack, and you know, in terms of their conference,
4: yeah.
5: Um, you know, with that eight seven, you know, with that eight seven and one record, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there one two three. Six, so eight. They're eighth right now,
4: right on the uh, border. How, they're, yeah, yeah. Right right h-
5: border. How many teams get into the playoffs in the NHL? Well, you're
4: going to get eight. Yeah, you're going to get your. Okay,
5: eight, so man. right now they're the eighth seed. Obviously, there's way more, a lot of games left. Um, so you know we're we're not going to just jump out the window and say they can be a playoff team, but um, so far so good through 16 yeah. games played, you're eight seven and one. Um, that's all you can ask for uh, from a team who's currently rebuild Um, rebuilding. Um, they play fairly well on the road. You know, being five and three. Um, five, three, and one on the road.
2: Yeah.
5: Um. as As far as uh as far as point differential, um, they're plus four, so they're not terrible. Um, last ten games, they're five and five. They're on a three game winning streak, like you mentioned. So, look, man, um, this is a young team, and whatever you get from them, whatever you get from them in the long run, um, is going to be is going to be a plus. So, um, as long as you see that this team is competitive. Um, they're battling potentially for a playoff spot, if that's even if that's even in the cards. From as long as you see them battling, I think I think uh, they're in a good place.
4: I, I think so too. I, and and you in the process, you're learning which ones you want to keep, which kids you want to keep, mm-hmm. which kids you want to weed out, which players you want to weed out. That's really all it comes down to for me. Exactly. Uh, elsewhere, Blake Snell wins his second Cy Young. He is a free agent. People have linked him to the Phillies. I'm not the biggest Blake Snell fan, uh, but how come? Uh, I don't think he goes deep enough in games. Um, mm. First and foremost, I don't think that you are going to get max out of him after he signs this contract. Just my opinion. Um, I, you you, you really tax your bullpen with him all season long. And I know the game has become about bullpens, but I just don't, I'm not a fan. I'm just not. Um, and I hope somebody else gives him a massive offer and he goes somewhere else. I hope the, the, I would rather see the Phillies make a trade for a Corbin Burns or another pitcher that's on a roster right now then spend a ton on the free agents who are out there. Uh, there's I just don't love the market all that much. Um, L, in the AL, Garrett Cole of the Yankees, well deserved wins a Cy Young as well. Um, so nice, nice, uh, nice work out of him. Draymond Green gets five games for the uh, for the sleeper <laughs> hold. So <laughs> yeah, you know how this works. I bet you he'll appeal it and they'll knock it down to like three, three
5: or something, so. like that,
4: which is probably where it should have been. So
5: yeah, f- five. Look, man. When I, I I've watched it back many a times, and I'm looking at I'm looking at his face while he's choking the hell out of uh, out of Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert's face just looks so like <laughs> he looks like he looks like he's gasping for life. Yeah. You know, the whole time he's just like he's reaching for an invisible walls. The wall, weird also. thing
4: is, like the whole thing started with Clay Thompson. Clay's a pretty chill dude. Like
5: that's what I'm saying. The guy, um, so Clay boxed the guy out. Yeah. And the other guy grabbed Clay's jersey. And instinctually, Clay grabbed his jersey, like, hold on, wait, you're not gonna throw me. So yeah, yeah. Clay tried to toss, you know, it, it became literally a tug-of-war match between jerseys. And Rudy Gobert wrapped up Clay, one arm was one arm was over his shoulder, kind of around the neck, and the yeah. other arm was around the body. And all Dream on, I'm sure all he saw was his arm around um the shoulder slash neck area of clay thompson and then that's when he was like no forget that you know clean you know know, draymond's the enforcer on that team and uh you know pretty boy clay you know he ain't he ain't trying to hurt nobody so so draymond's like nah nah uh, we ain't messing with that pretty face man uh so draymond just did his thing man like i i I, i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and and go crazy and be like draymond that's just unacceptable nah that that shit was hilarious yeah, I know. It, it was. It was hilarious. It's, the, it's, it's early in the season. It happened in the first two minutes of the game. It was, it, it, was, it was so funny, man. And it ended up being a good game anyway. So, you know, it's all good.
4: Well, I think, I, yeah, you know, again, I thought Gobert had a pretty good line where he said, you know, we knew before the game when Steph wasn't playing that, you know, that Draymond was going to check out real quick. He was going to force his way out because he doesn't like playing when Steph isn't playing. It's kind of like, all right, a little eye opener. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy Gobert
5: has, you know, he doesn't really like Draymond because, um, uh, I want to say a few years back, um, Rudy Gobert was constantly getting snubbed for the All-Star game. And uh, Draymond was like, man, we can't be having guys out here crying just to get into the All-Star game, man. Like, Rudy was crying because he got snubbed, like literally crying. Um, and Draymond kind of, like, threw a jab at him, poke fun at him. And, you know, it, it was kind of the running joke And then he finally made an All-Star game, and obviously it all went to bed. But, you know, Rudy Gobert, he's, he's not really well-liked in the NBA. No, he's,
4: not. he's absolutely not. No, he's not well liked at all. He wasn't well liked by his own teammates. Right, Yeah, uh, yeah, that that was a terrible trade, by the way, by the T Wolves. Terrible, terrible. Well, in, they, in he, what, you, if you go back and look at what they gave up, oh, in what his, world,
5: in what world would Rudy Gobert ever play well next to Carl Anthony Towns?
4: It's a it was a weird trade and a bad trade. I don't really like his game that much. I think he's overrated as a defender, he's and I think rare. he has no offensive game at all.
5: None. Yeah. He has none. The best you could hope for from him is just a big body to take up space and put his arms up. He he has, he has no lateral quickness. Um, just, and just, B just, he cooks
4: them every time they play each other.
5: Every single time. He's just, he's just, he's just big. That's yeah, all it is.
4: That's all it is. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, all right, elsewhere, a couple – By the way, later in the show, uh, we'll have Coach Crocker from Eastern University, and we're going to play Start, Bench, Cut, uh, NBA edition. Uh so that's uh that's gonna be fun. We had we had a lot of fun with that yesterday, so we'll keep it rolling uh later in the show. So elsewhere, the A's are moving, it's official. The owners in Major League Baseball have approved. They are moving to Vegas. Um, it's gonna take a little while for their stadium to be built, so they're gonna kind of be stuck uh jumping around a little bit in the next year or so. It's gonna be a 300, Uh they would re- so here's the way it's gonna work. Um they're gonna move. Rob Manfred said MLB will have will have will waive its relocation fee which is estimated to be 300 million. So they will be moving to Vegas. They're, they're just waving that fee. Yeah, they're waving that fee <laughs> Athletics lease with the Oakland Coliseum expires after this upcoming season. So they have not solidified plans where they'll play before the Vegas stadium is ready. Here's the problem. They're going to have 3 years the, the 25, 26, 27 season to, to jump around. And, and so, they, play it so, so they're going to be
5: squatters for the next three they, years. They
4: are going to be squatters. They're going to try and play some of their games where the, where the giants play with, you know, not that far away in San Francisco, they're going to play some games with the Nevada, uh, like AAA affiliate or whatever. Like they're going to be jumping all around. So, that, I mean, it's just yet another reason why people aren't going to be interested in this team, man. It's, and it's going to be really tough on their players, not to mention, you know, no payroll or any of that other stuff. So it stinks. You know, Oakland's lost their football team. And Their baseball team now, within what a four year span, five year yeah. span,
5: they're holding on to the go to state warriors for their life. And I mean, they're not going anywhere, obviously.
2: So no, they're
4: just, fine, yeah, they're, they're fine, yeah,
5: yeah. So, I mean, but
4: still, I mean, it's a shame. I feel Listen, I man,
5: Vegas, like it's Vegas, man. Well, that's where all the betting is happening, you that's know. That's exactly you know, that's, right. that's that's the reason why the Raiders moved there. You know, no one like they can, the NFL can pretend that's not the reason why they moved there. I, I mean, obviously, they were going through some issues in yep. in uh, Oakland themselves, but the reality is, Vegas, that's where the betters are. You know what I mean? That's one thing I will say though, that Oakland that I mean that uh, that A's uh stadium when, when it's finished is probably gonna be amazing. Oh,
4: it's gonna be killer. It's gonna be killer. It's yeah, gonna be I agree amazing. I agree with you. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. NFL tone. We'll start with the game tonight. Bengals at the Ravens, jump around to a bunch of things. We are gonna do our bottom five teams, our week WEAK uh power rankings. We will do that. Uh, In addition, we'll talk to Billy Crocker. We have start bench cut a ton in the final hour. Don't move. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Flint Tree Services right now. Flint Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com.
7: And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no
6: drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshana is where you need to come.
7: You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
3: L-E-X, Eagles.
4: Tone, Rahab, hang it. it is a Thursday. We are Sports Day, biggest Sports YouTube Network. Appreciate everybody tuning in, hanging out. All right, so Tone, let's look at it tonight. Bengals, Ravens, and you look at where Woo! things are. Big yeah, matchup. It is, finally. All right. Uh, but you look at where things are in this division, the AFC North. So Ravens seven and three coming off a loss last week. You have the Bengals five and four also coming off a loss last week. So look, both teams need it, but Cincinnati needs it worse uh than the Ravens. The problem with the Ravens is they got to keep pace with the Steelers and the Browns, who are both six and three. So not a lot of you know room to give here for either team, especially for Cincinnati. What what do you think in this one?
5: Man, you're, you're you're pretty much on point, man. Um Ravens being 7-3, Steelers 6-3, Browns 6-3, Bengals 5-4. The Bengals cannot afford to fall to 5-5. Five five. They can't I strongly believe if they fall to 5-5, five five, all they can hope for is a, is a is a wild card spot. Uh and even then that can get a little tricky because Steelers are still in the mix, regardless of how you feel about the offense, it's still in the mix. The Browns, I gotta be honest with you, man. I think I think their season is done. Um Without
4: Deshaun you Watson. Lose,
5: you lose Deshaun Watson, you obviously don't have Nick Chubb. The quarterback position is pretty unstable. Man, they're gonna have to, the, the Browns are gonna have any any way of getting into the playoffs, they're gonna have to muck it up. They're gonna have to really rely on their defense, play ugly football. Um. As far as this matchup though, man. This is who's home again? The
4: Ravens. This game is at uh the Ravens, correct.
5: Man oh man. Is there a world where the Bengals and the Bills don't make the playoffs? This is tough, man.
4: There there is. There very much is right now. I mean, the Bengals, uh, the Bills are 5 and 5, and I know that's good for second place in that division which we thought was going to be an awesome division, but Mm. they could be on the outside looking in. I mean,
5: absolutely.
4: Yeah. absolutely. Uh, I think I still think Cincinnati gets in. I don't think Buffalo does. If you're, if I just put it on the line right now, I'm going to say Cincinnati gets in as a wild card. I do not think Buffalo gets in. Yeah. That's where I'm at with them. I just can't, I can't trust Buffalo, man. No,
5: I agree with you. Uh, I don't think, I don't think Buffalo gets in. Uh, you know, I'm going off on the limb here, man. I think, uh, I think, I, I think the Texans get, I think the Texans get in. I do you really? Texans, I think the Texans get in. Wow. You know, I really do. It's something about what's going on over there that I like. I they're like what I'm seeing four right now. They're playing with house money. No one expected them to be this good. At this hmm. point, they're just playing football, man. And they're confident. They're confident. That's so huge in football. You know, but you know, with these young teams you tend to not know, you tend to don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know what you don't know.
4: And- well, all right. Here, here, Let me show you something to, to talk about something interesting here. Miami yeah. six. Let, let's just look at the division leaders, Miami six and three Baltimore seven and three Jacksonville six and three Kansas city seven and two. But when you get into that second tier, it's totally up for grabs. Buffalo five and five Steelers Browns six and three Bengals five and four Texans five and four. Uh, vegas five and five indianapolis so it's not crazy it's not crazy that, that houston gets in
5: not yeah yeah they you're right win
4: their division they're one back they're one yeah, back. Right that's now.
5: another thing they can still win their division so yeah. the texans have to i think out of all those teams that you mentioned in the second tier the texans are in the best position because they can still win their division and also i think they're even in, i think they're in a better position than the other teams to get into that second wild get into one of those second or third wild card spots.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So um big game for the Bengals tonight. Uh who do you have winning?
4: I like I like actually like the Ravens here at home.
5: I do. Yeah, me too. Me if too. The game I
4: like was, it was in Cincinnati I'd go the other way, but yeah, I got to go Ravens at home.
5: I like the Ravens tonight. Um on top of that, T Higgins is out. T uh they're going to be they're going to be without T Higgins. That's a big one. uh they're going to be without Sam Hubbard. Um, one of their better um, defensive ends. You know, it's um, it's tough. You know, I will say that the the uh, the Ravens they're going to be without Ronnie Staley, one of their one of their top offensive linemen, yeah. Marlon Humphrey. He's doubtful. Yeah, the cap. Uh, yep. Devin Duvernay, and Daryl Worley.
4: It was a good punt returner for them, Duvernay.
5: Um, yep. they're they're questionable. So, look, man, uh, both of these teams are coming off of losses um, last week. Both of these teams know they need this game. Yeah, it was obviously needed more. But if the Ravens want to keep pace with the Chiefs, they need it just as bad. Because I, I'll be honest with you, if the Ravens don't get home field advantage, I don't think they want a playoff game.
4: I being honest. If the Ravens, yeah, I, they I'm dubious of them. I, I need to see Lamar Jackson. Their best, their best, their best.
5: Yeah, with advantage. If they don't get that, I don't think they want a playoff game. I would agree
4: with that. I I agree. I go a lot of different ways. Um, You mentioned the Browns. By the way, I'm
5: going. I'm going Ravens tonight. I'm going going Ravens with you.
4: Okay. Uh, You mentioned um, Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Browns are. You know, it's a shame. They're in. They're six and three. They were, you know, playing good football, and and he's done for the season with shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. So they gave him initially a five year, two hundred thirty million dollar deal, guaranteed, all guaranteed with a no trade clause. If he, you know, either can't get right with the shoulder or plays poorly or whatever for at least about two more years, because he's in the second year of that deal. Now they're screwed. Like they have no wiggle room at all. And the cap hits that they would take if he wasn't there and nobody's going to trade for him. Cause it's all guaranteed, but they're in big, 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 big trouble. Uh, if that's the case, they better hope. The shoulder heals up right, and he's ready to roll next year. I can tell you that much.
5: Yeah, it can get it it can it can get tricky for them because, you know, let's be let's be honest about the situation. Right, earlier in the season when he got hurt, he was complaining about the shoulder not being full. Something was off with it. Gotcha. Yet they still cleared him. And, you know, sometimes we got to ask ourselves with these with these companies with these organizations making these large investment in their players. You have some organizations who care more so about their bottom line. you got some organizations that care more about, you know, the money they're spending and getting a return on their investment. Um, like you have some organizations who really care deeply about their players and making sure they have a pleasant experience and making sure they know, know they're taken care of. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are one of those organizations. Um, they care deeply about making sure their players feel like this is a home for them. Um, Jeffrey Lurie's done an amazing job at that. The Cleveland Browns, on the other hand, um, I think they're still trying to figure out – I think I think the Cleveland Browns are still trying to uh, transition into being a respected organization. Um, I think they still wear the stench of being one of the worst teams over the past 25 years. They still wear that stench. Mistake by the lake. Um, exactly. So, I don't know. I want to know your thoughts on this.
4: I think – here's, here's you what think,
5: I think. Do you think it's a conflict of interest – you know, with some of these doctors who work for the team, they, you know, you know, they don't get paid by it. They don't get paid from the NFLPA; They get paid from the team. Do you think uh, it's a chance they pushed them out there too soon? Because remember the narrative was, Hey, we cleared him, you know, we just wait for him to be ready, which which in turn puts the onus on him, which can make it seem to the, the general public that he's being selfish and not willing to, you know, make sacrifices for his team and so on and so forth. You know, I'm curious to know, like, What's your thoughts on just the conflict of interest between team doctors, uh, organizations and players? Uh yeah, just give me your overall thoughts well, on that, man. I,
4: I think with this specifically, uh, I think Cleveland would be really wise to make sure that this guy's ready to go instead of hurrying him back. Because if you hurry him back and he has a setback and, and, and he you can't, he's either not himself or he misses all of next year or big chunks of next year. You're in big big trouble. I would 100% err on the side of caution if I'm Cleveland. I and I know the rush is we are paying him all this money get him back on the field. I think it's a dumb way to look at it. You got to make sure that he is totally right because if yeah. he's totally right, you have a shot. He started playing well the last couple of weeks. You get him back to the Texas guy with that defense or the Houston guy with that defense that you have, you got a shot, man. You yeah. got a shot at coming at you. It's it fair here. to
5: say it's it's fair to say they forced him back too soon already.
4: Well, it's, it, yeah, it's weird. Like when he initially, there was so a couple of weeks back for people who may not remember, he said, I'm, I'm still not right, man. And, and the, the Cleveland kept putting out through their, you know, their, their leaks. Hey, he's been cleared by our doctors trying to, I think, pressure him to get back. Mm-hmm. And then you now, if I'm being fair to Cleveland and, and by the same token, he was going in to get ankle x-rays. They made him get the shoulder x-rayed because it was hurting him they saw in there some issues he wanted in this credit he wanted to go back out and play in the second half and they're like no dude we're shutting you down it's done so they did actually handle this one above board now this part of it i don't know what was going on before so,
5: oh so you're saying at halftime yes when they checked for the ankle they yes. he was complaining about the shoulders well they checked that and they said no you shouldn't play
4: yeah and he he tried to, to convince them to go back out
5: which he, he did and he ended up having a tremendous second half
4: right but then they were like dude you're done you're not playing this you can you can destroy your shoulder and Hmm. stuff so they actually handled it right i think Uh, at that point yeah your bigger point though one of the reasons why the nfl forced independent neurologists on the sideline was because too many team doctors were getting pressured from the organization saying oh yeah he's telling me he's fine so get him out there the independent guys are like "Uh uh-uh you know, he can't – we go through all the tests. I don't know what the test they run. You know, the stuff they do in the blue tent. And that forces the hand of these guys with when they're when there's head injuries to not put them back out there. So the league had to police itself against itself with that okay. thing. Because so, I think there's too many times the doctor – and the, I don't think the doctor is like some shady dude, but I think they feel pressure from the no, team.
5: That's what I was about to say. I don't think yeah. the doctors themselves are shady. I think they feel the pressure of their superiors. Yes. They, they understand what's at stake here. So I don't think these I don't think any of these doctors are the shady characters. I think the organizations themselves, because, again, they're looking at it as ROI, return on investment. We've dedicated so much money to this guy. Last year, he gave us a mediocre season. Granted, he only played half of the season because he was suspended. So that season was a wash. Now we need a legit season out of him. He's been banged up. It's been it's been concussions. It's been ankle. It's been shoulder. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nothing, yeah. Things he things he's not making up. It's not like he's talking about an illness. It's not like he's making things up here. So I don't know, man. Um, I'm 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 beginning I'm beginning to lean on the side that this organization because they feel pressure. Because think about it, right? The whole story of the off season, ever since the contract went down, Cleveland, what are you doing? You're setting a bad precedent, all that kind of stuff, right? And I think Cleveland themselves feel pressure from just the league to validate their investment. To validate that no we made the right decision and by forcing him out there that's them validating it but now they kind of cut their nose despite their face forcing him out there too soon before he can get really fully healthy yeah he goes out there hurts himself again fair to your point at halftime they say nah you shouldn't you shouldn't play he says no i'm gutting it out because now in his mind he feels like no i can't do this to my team again I don't want to face that backlash again that the the organization is already established by saying, no, we cleared them to play. So it's, so you, you've kind of, you kind of set these, you you put in motion and now they are where they are. So you're without Nick Chubb, you're without Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, once again, no man's land.
4: Yeah. All right. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you were watching the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh was playing green Bay. It wasn't a great game. So if you weren't understandable, but, uh, Steelers special teams coach Danny Smith. He's he's an older man. He's been around a long time. He was the Eagles special teams coach a long, long, long time ago. But he got absolutely clipped on the sideline, like really hard. Um, And he so hard he tore his rotator cuff in three places, and needs surgery to 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 put it all back together. It's not funny. I'm not. I'm not. It's a shame. It's sad, (laughs) but it's like. I,
5: I, Rob, I'm, you funny man. It's not funny, but you're laughing your ass off.
4: <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't happen more on the sidelines, frankly. Like with, especially with some of the older gentlemen. Like I, and it's you know, it's dangerous over there, man. For sure. Did of these you
5: cats. Know, yeah. Speaking of getting knocked off, knocked over in a uh, sideline, right? Yeah. In that, in that Cowboys game. Oh. Remember, when, remember when Matt Leo fell?
4: Oh my God, man! Yes, yes. <laughs> Come on.
5: Yeah, apparently, mm-hmm. based off the footage in the slow mo that everybody kept that, that that kept circulating. Apparently, my man was wearing a, a red g-string.
4: Well, so he swears it, w- it. He swears they were boxers that were red and white, and people thought the white part was his skin. Okay, this is, all right, this okay, is his okay. claim. I'm just, hey man, I'm just <laughs> telling you. Well, the funny line from everybody was, "Hey, they beat the Cowboys. You better keep wearing them." That oh my god,
5: yeah, that, that is hilarious, line. man! When I yeah. saw that, I was like, "Get the hell out of here!"
4: Yeah, man. I, oh man. On another,
5: on, 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 on another note,
4: yeah, let's <laughs> let's keep it moving. Um. So anyway, shame for uh, Danny Smith. Feel better. It's all all joking aside. That's got yeah. three tears. Feel, feel, feel in your better, shoulder. my man.
2: Feel That's better. pretty
4: nasty. That's pretty nasty. Yeah. All right. All right. Elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> um. So Josh Allen basically saying, "I take this very personally. I feel like I cost this man his job." I feel awful. Uh, so if you didn't hear earlier in the week, the bills after the Monday night fiasco, they fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey uh, after yet another ineffective offensive game. And they had four turnovers. Allen had three himself um, and Dorsey's out and they've elevated Joe Brady. But he said, you know, and I believe him. Josh Allen was, was, I, 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 watched the sound he was coming from the heart. He's like, dude, we all feel terrible. We feel like this is our fault. I put it on me, you know, and all this other stuff. It's, but it's part of the gig, I guess.
5: Yeah, know? part of the gig. Um, it's a sweet gesture by uh Josh Allen, but um, it's hard to defend a five and five record on the season. Yeah, when you've been a team who's regularly flirted around thirteen wins, twelve wins, fourteen wins. You guys have, you know, over the past few seasons, that's the you know that's who the who the Browns have been over the past. Uh, several over the past handful of years, at least since um, Josh Allen has got there, they've been a very, very competitive team. But this team has more mediocre years than than anything else no over doubt. the past twenty five years. So, yeah. at some point, um, things always have to re- things always have to regress to the mean.
4: Well, and you're not firing Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Guess guess what? Of happens? Not.
5: Of course not. Yep. So you look at it from that perspective, man. They're not gonna fire. They're not gonna fire Sean McDermott. They just paid him. So um that's not to say they can't fire him in the offseason or anything beyond that. Right. But man, you lose to the Bengals, lose to the Broncos.
4: Bad luck at your place. At your place this past week.
5: Yeah. Over your past, over your past six games, you're two and four. Yep. Not a good look. Not a good look at all, man. Um they got the Jets, Eagles, Chiefs. Cowboys, Chargers, Pages, Dolphins. That's it's a, pretty a tough schedule. stretch. It's a pretty tough stretch, man. Mm-hmm. Um, at this rate, I can't even guarantee they beat the Jets. Uh, Eagles and Chiefs. I think those are both losses for them. Yep. Um, they could lose to the Cowboys. They could even lose to the Chargers. Yeah, that's um, seven or
4: eight losses. You're, they're cooked at that point.
5: Yeah, they could beat the Patriots. Obviously, and they could even lose to the Dolphins. I mean, this team can really be. Uh, it's very plausible that the the Buffalo Bills are a below five hundred team this year. Yeah, it's very it's, it's very plausible. Um, it's unfortunate.
4: They um, won three in a row, Tone, weeks two, three, and four. That's the last time they've won consecutive games. Mm-hmm. October 1st was the last time they won back you know, consecutive weeks. So yep. that's – It that ain't good. It ain't and, good.
5: And, and they blew up the Dolphins. So a lot of people thought this team was like, you know, back you know, back doing what they normally do. Mm-hmm. Then they lose to the Jags. And then they barely get by the Giants. And that's where everything just started to unravel. You know what I mean? So – uh, hopefully they can get things back on track. I highly doubt it. Um, Josh Allen, you know, although, you know, from a statistical perspective, he's not having a terrible season, you know, um, he's complete completing 70% of his passes, has 2,600 passing yards, um, 19 pass touchdowns. He has 11 interceptions though. And then he has, um, three lost fumbles.
4: That's so it. He has, it's 14 so, turnovers. That's so he, it. Has, he
5: has So he has 14 turnovers. You can't you, you can't win like that. And think about his turnovers. Not only do they come in bunches, they come at the worst possible time. Yeah, that's 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 the, that's the difference between his turnovers and Jalen Hurts' turnovers. Right. Right. His turnovers come at the worst possible time. His turnovers because he's trying to do too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, all, like, I'm a firm believer that turnovers are part of the game. Right. When you're when in, the, in this new passing league, you're going to have you're going to have many double digit interception seasons. That's just the way that's the, that's the lay of the land. But I'm also a firm believer that all turnovers are not created equal. They're not. So, again, man, um, saying Ken Dorsey had to be the uh scapegoat? We'll see if Josh Allen and those, and those boys respond. But I highly doubt it. Like I said, they can very well go below 500. They can be an eight and nine team this year.
4: I got you. All right. Let's uh beyond that. Um, Brandon Stale, he's not going to change anything up defensively for the Chargers. He's ego.
5: Nothing but ego. <laughs> Let go of my ego.
4: You know what, dude? Ride it out because uh, it's over. It, it will be over soon. Um, he will not be the coach of the Chargers next year. He should not have been the coach of the Chargers this year. They made a big mistake. Um, I would fire um, them last year. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Um, they're, they're going nowhere fast. Uh, they have they have talent on the team, but it doesn't matter. And ultimately, that's going to fall on the coach. And it's it's he's made a lot of questionable decisions along the way too. On, on top of everything else, um, uh, you know. let Speaking of, of of a little contrition, uh, how about Carson Wentz? So it looks like uh, Matthew Stafford will get the start for the Rams this week. Um, but he said the NFL can be humbling.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: He said it was really hard not playing the first. Eight nine weeks, he said. He kept calling his agent. Hey, where are things? What's going on? Blah blah blah. And you know, now I'm here. Now I'm just trying to help the team. And and maybe it's a lesson learned for this guy because the reason why you weren't on a roster wasn't because you didn't have more talent than some of the guys that were, you know, backing up or third stringers in the league. It's because your reputation is not a good one of being a team guy, of of being coached up, of, of being willing to do things other people's ways, not just your way. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for him, man. I got to tell you, I just don't.
5: Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm totally with you on that, in that regard. Uh, um, I don't have too much sympathy for him either. Look, here's the thing. I want everybody in the live chat to hear this. I want everybody who covers this game, everyone who, you know, has their favorite players or whatever, everyone, all this kind of, I want everyone to hear what I say here. Hear me now. Hear me loud. Hear me proud. Talent is not enough. Talent is not enough. Talent will never be enough. Talent is not the only measuring stick to describe and grade and judge a quarterback. Otherwise, Ryan Leaf would have been one of the best quarterbacks that ever played his game. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Philip Rivers. You know what I'm saying? Andrew Luck. Uh, like I said, Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? Um Donovan McNabb, talent is not enough. The quarterback position is one more from the neck up than it is from the neck down. And when you rely solely on the neck down and not really cater to your neck up, the neck down is going to suffer no matter what. Yep. If you're not right mentally, if you're not doing, if you're, if if, you're not if, willing, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to sacrifice for your teammates, if you're not willing to take the bullets, you know, for everyone else, if you're not willing to lead by example, if you're not willing to take accountability, you know, if you're not a highly self-aware individual, you will never succeed to the level that you want to succeed at in the National Football League, even more so at the quarterback position. Yeah, that's why Jalen Hurts is where he is, because he understands that the neck up has gotten him to this point, and it's more valuable than the neck down. No question. He has dedicated himself to his development. He's dedicated himself to his teammates. He has tremendous work ethic. He's learned from his mistakes. He's been cast by the wayside by guys like Nick Saban. You know, he's been doubted. He's been heavily criticized. Um, Still doesn't get the respect he deserves and continues, but yet he continues to win by any means necessary. Is Jalen Hurst the most talented quarterback in the NFL? No. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But his work ethic, his willingness to sacrifice, and his willingness to win and do whatever it takes to win and not stat pad and all that kind of stuff is why he wins. Yep, He does what it takes to win. And last time I checked, we don't pay for stats. We don't pay for talent. We pay for wins. Yeah. Does this guy win the games? I don't care how it looks. Does he win the games? Does he win the big ones? And that's that. That that's the difference. Talent is never enough. Justin Herbert, talent is not enough. Josh Allen, talent is not enough. It's 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 just that it's just that simple to me.
4: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, elsewhere, Texas A&M reached out to Dan Campbell, who was the Lions' head coach about possibly coaching the Aggies. Now, I I think a lot of people at first would be like, why would this guy consider leaving the Lions and going to coach Texas A&M? Well, first of all, he's an alum, so he does have ties. But secondly, for the most part, college coaches get paid way more Mm -hmm. than NFL coaches. Just look at the money that they're paying Jimbo Fisher to walk away, $76 million, okay? So it isn't crazy. Now, Dan Campbell's not interested. He wants to keep coaching the Lions. But the thought of him doing it is not outlandish. Like, I saw a lot of people reacting to this, like, give me a break. No, no shot that would happen. If you're looking to get paid, and I don't fault anybody who does, you absolutely think about that if you're him. Now, again, he isn't doing it, but it's not crazy to think about.
5: Yeah, the thing is about Dan Campbell, you know, he spent, he spent three seasons as the head coach for – the uh for the detroit lions and each year at the year he's built this team up little by little by little um his first year as the coach they went three and 13 and one um last season they went nine and eight and they could have made the playoffs and, and you know they pretty much won out but you know it was a numbers game at that point yeah um and this year they're seven to two competing for the number one seed is he's, he's invested so much of himself so much of his time so much of his energy into the Detroit Lions organization is no way based off his personality is no way he's not going to see it through. Mm-hmm. So um, just based off of that, um, that's why I, that's why I, I can't even consider him going there. Um, he doesn't strike me as the type that he's moved entirely by um, the, the amount of money you're going to throw in his face. He, he he's, he's a former player. Um, he strikes me as someone who's a bit more prideful than that. Um, he strikes me as the kind of guy who likes to finish what he starts.
4: Yeah. Uh, let's get a timeout. And when we come back, we're going to hit a bunch of different things. We're, coach Billy Crocker is going to join us from Eastern University. Uh, we'll do start, bench, cut. Maybe we'll save our bottom five power rankings in the NFL for tomorrow, Tone. We could do that, plug that bad boy in tomorrow. Okay. On Friday. So let's get a quickie in. We'll talk to the coach when we come back. Still plenty to do, uh, that's for sure, before we get out of here. He's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We'll be right back.
0: I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
6: Do you stream on a
1: Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
3: And the big story on action news. Search
1: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
3: E-H-E-L-E-S, Eagles. Hi,
4: welcome back everybody. Sports name Rob Ellis going to Shields, hanging out with you on this third day all right so last time we had coach crocker on we, we took you inside the locker room of one of his uh his speeches that inspired his players it was very very cool this time We have a little clip uh, from Alan Waller. Alan is the Director of Spiritual Formation and Student-Athlete Mentorship. Coach, how are you first off, man? It's good to see you as always. Good to
11: see you. I'm doing great.
4: I want to play this clip for you. I want to get your reaction. I want to play it for our audience as well uh, to hear this motivational message. Uh, Let's roll it, Tony.
5: Sorry, we got a little glitch here. Let's get it right.
4: That's okay. No worries.
5: Give me one second. Sorry about that, you guys. You want to go back to it? Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop it, and I'll bring it back
4: here. All right, drop it, bring it give back. Me one, give me okay. one moment. Sorry about yeah. that, you guys. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, let, let's start here. Let's start here, uh, Coach, because you guys uh, played a tough one this to close <laughs> half the season. You lost in overtime to Stevenson, and, and, and you know, tough one. 26-23, you guys blocked the field goal yeah. to get it to OT. Yeah. I mean, even your special teams came up big.
11: Yeah, I mean, we were winning um, the majority of the second half. It was 6-6 to at halftime. Um, Defense was playing phenomenal um, against a a very good team in our league. Um, And, uh, you know, we we got some momentum. We had the lead. um, And then we gave up a score for they to tie it. And then they got the ball back and drove all the way down the field. And um, they kind of said, hey, we're going to center it with two seconds left to try to win it. Um, And our kids just said, I said, we're all going. So everyone go. You know, and, and they did and they got it blocked, um, which was phenomenal effort by them. And I thought that was gonna carry a little momentum yeah. overtime for us, you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, it did, yes. unfortunately. Yeah, it didn't, but but yeah, it absolutely still yeah. great, great effort though. Yeah.
5: Yep. So I think we have the clip ready now. Let's try to get this thing going because um, you know, I'm familiar with uh Dr. Alan Water from uh, yeah. Dr. Dr. Alan Waller from uh, E9 church I I visited a few times, so I'm quite familiar with his work. Um, He's always, uh, you know, giving a great word. To exercise all of these gifts today. We pray that you use us
0: on the field. Pray that your will be done, that no one is injured physically, emotionally, and that we would have a wonderful time in Jesus' name.
5: Lord, we pray these and all of the blessings through Christ our Lord. Let us all say amen.
3: Amen.
0: Amen.
4: Winning! It's a
0: habit! Winning! It's a habit! Winning! It's a
11: habit! Here we go. Eyes up.
4: There you go. There you go a little motivation there. Yeah. Um love it. I love it. I love that's, that's good stuff. So a couple a couple other things from, from the game, and then I want to just sort of do an overview of yes. the season, coach. Um you outrushed them 263 to 57. I mean, y- y- usually these things add up to wins, right? I know.
11: I know it was um yeah, this super impressed with a they were running the ball extremely well coming into that game, and right. that was a big concern of mine. They had a big old line two good running backs, and you know, our, our, defense really stepped up and said, Hey, you're not gonna, you're not gonna run it on us, you know? And like we've talked about in the past and then our offense just kind of, you know, came into it and, and, you know, we committed. And a lot of it was from our quarterback, um, you know, Brett Nabb who, who rushed for, I think he, he rushed for about 195 and then 180. 180, Yeah. um, you know, he hit a couple, um, which was great. Um, and kept us and Brett's one of those, you know, Brett's, it's not real pretty, um, ever, um, and he just, he just gets it done, you know, um, and it, it was great to see that. It, it gives us, again, we lost the game, and yeah. it would have been so nice to end that thing on a win against a really good team, but I think it gave us some great, you know, a little bit of confidence um, in it, it, it terms of just physically, you know, that we, as young as we are, um, that we can hang with, you know, some of the better teams in this conference physically, and I think that's the really what that game
5: showed you know coach record we we, we talked about this last week right the fact that you guys are running the ball strongly and well and you're committing to it but even more so your team is committed to stopping the run Mm -hmm. as well and again we've, we've spoken about how your roster just from a size and physicality standpoint you know they don't necessarily measure up to these other teams because you guys are a new program you guys have a bunch of freshmen yet these guys are still playing with this intensity this high level of effort that really can't be you know, quantified. It's something that's kind of immeasurable. It's like a it's an unshakable will that they had to play for you, right? You know, what what's what's been your overall assessment um of your of your players' development, you know, from week one um up until the end of the season?
11: I mean, I think it's it's been honestly remarkable. Um, you know, I I know the wins didn't actually add up to to what we wanted them to be. And, you know, to be quite honest, I think you, you told me we we're gonna have two wins before we got this thing rolling, I'd say, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, but but You know, they we were in the vast majority of those ball games like we were in it, you know, we were there and we were competing and playing hard. And, you know, I said this from day one, if you can get kids, you know, your kids to compete, to play hard, A for four quarters, B for the entire season, you can work with that, you know, um, and you can fix the other things. Um, If you don't have that there, that's tough to come back from. Um, and, And I've been I've been through both. Both, both, both situations to be honest with you um, in different places I've been, but, you know, and we just had exit meetings these last two days, you know, with every kid on the team and there is just a real positive feeling. Um, there's some momentum and, you know, there's some ownership, you know, which a positive ownership that, Hey, we, they're a part of this and they, and they're the, they want, I said, you guys have just as much invested as I do um, some of you at this point. And, you know, they want to, they, they take ownership in that and, and they want to see it through and they want to stay together and get better. And then when we step on that field, you know, next August, I think they're going to be, you know, ready to go. Well,
4: for people who may not be familiar, coach, what's the biggest challenge? Not, not, and I know you're in an even different situation with a startup, but, but of a division three program, what's the, what's the biggest challenge?
11: I think, and again, I'm, I'm learning this myself. Yeah. Um, cause this was my first year, um, you know, at this level of football, really, um, I think it is all the other things that come into um, play for these young men, you know, that you normally don't see at some of the different levels, um, you know, a financially, um, you know, they're paying for school, um, you know, so that, that incorporates different things for their families. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are going to have, you know, some have to work during the fall, but they all, a lot of them are going to have to work, especially the spring semester coming up and, you know, we need to be flexible enough, you know, with our schedule and what we ask them to do from a, you know, working out off season stuff that, you know, we allow them to do what they need to do to stay in school, you know, from that standpoint. The other thing is, you know, with the amount of numbers that we do have on our roster and that we will have, you know, the, the help, you know, for, for these guys to have success, you know, in the classroom, you know, things of that nature that, you know, you go to some of these bigger programs and, you know, there's, you know, 18 academic counselors and so on and so forth. And, you know, we have one, um, and and she does such an unbelievable job with these guys um and goes well above and beyond. And you know, so that's a role we have to take strongly as as a coaching staff as well. Whereas a lot of places and different levels, you don't have to do that stuff. So I'd say really the biggest thing is, you know, the support, you know, from an academic standpoint, um, but then also um, you know, I think the financial burdens that can fall on guys um, you know, at this level of football. And again, I get it almost everywhere in the country. You know, outside of your your scholarship student athletes, everyone's paying to go to school. That's that's the norm. Um, you know, but then you, for what you're required to play a college sport, regardless of level, takes up a lot, and it is a commitment. And to have all that stuff thrown on top, of you you know, can get a little overwhelming. You know, at time for guys. Mm.
5: Speaking of support coach, um, now that the season is over and you're able to look back and really get a feel for the ups, the downs, the ebbs and flows of everything. Uh, what's been your overall evaluation of the university support towards your um, very new, um, very young program over there at uh, Eastern U?
11: Um, a work in progress. <laughs> okay. um, it, it's 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 good. It's, um, it, you know, from the from the right people, it is there. And it and that's a reason I I ended up taking this job was, you know, again, I wasn't going to leave the situation I was in and get myself involved in this, if I didn't think from the top down leadership, the support was going to be there both financially, as well as just, you know, the the general support on campus that what we're going to need to get this thing, not just to sustain success, but to get it off the ground. Um, You know, that's the biggest thing. So no, it has been there from president Matthews to, you know, our provost Ken Sparks, certainly our athletic director, Eric McNally that it has been there, Um, but it has been a process, campus-wide, you know, a lot of that being culturally, um, you know, to be quite honest with you. you, brought 120 males on campus, which weren't there. Um, we are certainly, um, you know, a, a, a large diverse group, um, you know, which it, which was a little bit of a, a wake-up call, I think, to the university um, in a good way, and and I think that has taken some time um, to adjust to, you know, from faculty and staff and students here.
4: What. Along those lines, I guess. What has surprised you the most about the kids? Is it the buy-in? Is it is it the willingness? Is it the coachability? What what has been the biggest surprise? I, I really, all the challenges. Everything
11: you said. You know what I'm right right there was. You know the you don't really know what you were going to get. You know I mean especially when it's that many young kids. You know and you know I I think. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I sometimes need to be a better, uh, more positive person. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a pessimist sometimes, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I've, I've been really impressed with our staff and our kids in terms of how many guys. And we have our kids fill out, you know, a, a you know, sort of a exit form, you know what I mean? And asking their opinion on everything, you know, and, and the feedback we get from them, super positive. You know, we have some kids who are just, this is the first time someone has put this much interest into me someone that showed how much they care about us, oh, you know, well, not mm. just as player. you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and, and I think, I think the big thing that they're realizing is, is, you know, how to overcome some things, you know, it's, and doing things when you don't feel like doing them or doing, you know, and I talk about it all the time. It's like, listen, you probably don't feel like going to class at 830, you know, but the reality is you have to, you know, you're going to have to do things in life you don't want to do, don't feel like doing. And once you get over that hump, and anything you do, it's going to help you tremendously, whether it's football, academics, you know, when you get a job, you know, you know, after school, all that kind of good stuff.
5: Coach, you know, we, we've talked so much about, you know, the expectations, you know, from the players and um, them meeting their own personal goals, them meeting, uh, you know, the expectations you set for them. Um, have you met the expectations that you necessarily set for yourself at the beginning of the season and your coaching staff? What's been your overall thoughts on the goals you set um, for your staff, for yourself, and uh, do you feel that you guys were able to meet those goals or at least come close?
11: Yeah, I, I think come close. Um, you know, I'm always a, a guy who's like the race is never over kind of guy. Like, hey, you have goals, and, you know, I think you set goals that are, a, you know, you know, retainable, but also something you continue to go for, you know what I mean, and, you know, try try to strive for. But I think the, the thing that I was most impressed with has just been the growth, um, and, in everyone, you know, I, again, I'm having exit meetings with my coaches as well, you know, to kind of recap the thing. And I find I have to step back. A lot, a of, lot of the guys I have working for me here are first year coaches, um, wow. like literally first year coaches. They're, they're young, you know, and then so
5: you're developing everyone. You're developing the yeah. young guys, the, the players, the staff, that's, that, that's, that's a tough job and I develop a new program. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're really wearing a lot of different hats here. I mean, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's even, something, even, something to admire for sure.
11: And even our coordinators um you know it, it, they have experience and and i know my defense corner i coached him for five years at villanova um so i don't know why he still wants to hang around with me um, <laughs> um so i've probably said some things to him that you know man um but you know i i have to remember that they're first year coordinators too like in calling a yeah. game and organizing all that stuff so you can get caught up in wanting it to be a certain way. But I think when you really step back, you got to look at say the big picture and say, you know, wow, we really grew. You grew as a coach, you grew as a player, you grew off the field. You know, that's again, at the end of the day, that's, that's our job. Um, Cause you know, even, even at the levels I've, I have coached at very, very few continued their career um, after college. And, you know, especially here that that's just not going to happen um, very frequently. And it's my job. I think, wins and losses aside is to try to put these kids in a better place to be prepared for what's coming next um you know from where they're coming from
4: and i know you had a bunch of guys honored too all all yeah. conference guys yeah john moody uh, uh, being one of them
11: yeah we're super excited for first year program we have five guys honored um for all conference um wow. you know gashan was first team all league he actually finished um up near the top for defensive player of the year um in our league and you know, just to have those guys recognized um, within our conference and get the respect from you know the other coaches in our in our league was was pretty special for us.
4: Yeah, that's very cool. That's you know,
5: cool. you you know, coach. Um, obviously, with more eyes on a program, it will always make it will always keep the especially a new program. It will keep it afloat. Yep. It'll keep the interest high. Um, things of that nature. You know, spreading the word about the program is the best way to keep this thing um, you know going at an all time high you know, and I'm curious to know, you know, how did your relationship with Jacob sports come about, you know, in, in terms of making sure that your games are um, visible and heard yeah. um, all across, all across the tri-state, all across the city. Because again, with the new program, we can only imagine how difficult it is to try to get a lot of people to buy in, not just in the building, but outside yeah. of the building.
11: Yeah. Um, how, yeah, did no that, how
5: did that begin with Jacob sports?
11: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you're hundred percent right. You, even like at Villanova, like the reality is we're in a pro sports town. Like yeah. we are like, it's, um, even, you know, Temple fights that battle. Villanova fights that battle. Um, like one of my best friends is the head coach at SMU. So I went to that SMU Temple game a few weeks ago, and it's tough. Like, it's tough. I mean, that place was empty, you know. Um, so, you know, to get our brand out there as much as we can, um, you know, they, they approached us as a new program. And I, at first I was like, I don't know. Like, who's, why, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we kind of like, you know what, I think as a new program, you got to think outside the box as much as you can. And, you know, putting us out there on the radio and doing things like this and, you know, just a social media end of, you know, that, that, that can, that can help. And like you said, Tone, just get our name out in front of people as much as we can obnoxiously, <laughs> obnoxiously do. Um, I think we'll just help. Oh yeah. Eastern, Eastern. I mean, you, I'm sure you guys have seen our, our marketing at the university done a great job because um you drive up, you know, the Billboards, door, man. Or, or the Blue route or 95 yep. and this Eastern billboards all over the place you know they're not eastern football but it's eastern and i think just that anything that can get our name out there especially how new we are will will help us tremendously and did so this year so we were super happy with that
4: partnership yeah it's awesome. it's been great I, I gotta tell you it's it's been a blast for us and you get your games are on nine ninety and a.m the jacob platforms but having you on every week and i we we you know hung out a couple times personally yep. out, at, out at screwballs uh in king of prussia when you brought some of the guys out yep. Uh, from the team it's been great it's been great getting to know yeah. you uh and you know we wish you nothing but the but the best in the offseason and keep it rolling into next year coach i appreciate
2: Definitely, you know, that you guys. know
5: look at it like this you guys you know where this is history that we're making right yeah. now that's how that's how i look at it right you know yeah. this is a new program with, Billy, uh, with coach crocker and the eastern eagles you know rob like this this is a this is a moment that can we yeah. Uh, yeah. Can all look back on and reference that we were a part of this this growth there and um yeah. I, you know i I definitely believe that, you know, the sky is the limit for you guys. Yeah. Um, definitely, um, you know, more blessings and, you know, more success you, Coach Cracker. Yeah.
11: Now, I, I appreciate your guys' time on Thursdays. I know, you know, Division three football is not a, you know, a, you know, a hot ticket. A football
5: you know? is football, baby. I love, um, we, we love yeah, it. I, sports. I,
4: I, I'm a big fan of underdog stories. I'm yeah. a big fan definitely. of people who do it the right way and that, oh. you know, both apply. You know? Yeah. It's know, brand. It's all, all brand. It up
11: it's and, brand. Uh, maybe next season we'll get you out here to come check out our, our home field will be open and – you know, get you out to check out a ball game up here and all that kind of good stuff. Thank so you, I appreciate Coach you guys. Billy. Yeah, Coach B- B- thank you. All the best you, to
4: you, all the best to the program, your family, et cetera. Thank oh, you. Have so a good office, thank you, guys. Sir. Have a great Thanksgiving. You got yes, it, sir. All, right. Coach. all right, yeah. that is Coach Billy Crocker, Eastern Universe. Yeah, it's been fun talking to Coach all year, and I
5: yeah for sure. You
4: know, I'm, I, I'm
5: usually behind the scenes listening, right? But these yeah. past couple of weeks, was I've been heavily involved. I think I've spoken to Coach Crocker on this platform maybe three times, three or four times out of the out of the whole season. Look, the bottom line is they're facing an uphill battle. Yeah, and um, the fact that he he was willing to take this on, he's developing coaches, he's developing players, he's developing a program, he's he's taken on a lot. He has, and I can I can only imagine the stressors that come with that. But something like this, regardless of how it all goes down, if you can if you can establish something that's here to stay, man, you were a part of history, man, you were a trailblazer.
4: It's really cool. It's it is. It's really cool. Hey, Nicobe Dean put on the IR with that foot injury. No surprise Officially. there, Tone, but it's official. Uh, in other news, right? What's that? <laughs> in, in other news, right? In well, news. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a shame. But yeah, it's so we're looking at
5: uh
4: you know uh at least four weeks, man. You know, at least four weeks. So it's uh, it's too bad. It's been a been a rough go for him uh this year, that's for sure. Whether that's being heard or just maybe not playing up to expectations. So we'll see. See what ends up happening with him. All right, let's uh we did it yesterday. Let's close it out again. Little start right. bench. Cut. Now we did football yesterday. We basically did the Eagles yesterday for the most part. Eagle kind of Eagles history. Uh for the most part yesterday. Today, Tone's got up his sleeve a little basketball uh for us today as we as we as we ride out on a high note today. So uh all right, what do you got, Tone? Let's 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 throw them out there, man.
5: So what do we have? What like six minutes, seven minutes?
4: Yeah, we got You don't have to do them all. I mean, just do your do your best five.
5: I'll do I'll do the best ones. Okay, all All right. right. So Start, bench, cut. And this is 76 as you guys. Start, bench, cut. Joel Embiid, Moses Malone, or Charles Barkley? Joel Embiid, Moses Malone, Charles Barkley.
4: Uh, why did I ask for this? Why did I want more of this? All right. Um, Jeez. Chat, I need Chat, I need y'all, I need y'all,
5: to, I need y'all to jump in on this. Yeah, man. everybody, Joel get in. and B, everybody get in. Moses get in. Malone or okay. Charles Barkley. All
4: right, all right, Embiid, Moses, Charles. I'm starting Moses. Oh boy, I am benching Charles, and I'm cutting Embiid. Boom! Ooh, Boom.
5: man. I
4: just cut the guy who won MVP. Wow, man! NBA. A lot
5: of people are cutting Joel.
4: Damn. Start
5: Barkley. Cut Joel. Uh, oh, Super you know Nova what? Says, cut Tina
4: has a good question. Regular, a regular season or post-season? or postseason? Come on, that man. is a great point, though. Joel's a lot to be cut in the postseason. <laughs> I'm sticking with mine. I'm going Moses, Charles, Joel. That's my order.
5: Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Good stuff. All right, let's do another one. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Start bench cut. Julius Irving. Hal Greer or Wilt Chamberlain? Oh, my God. Julius Irvin, Hal Greer, or Wilt Chamberlain?
4: Wilt, Julius, Greer. And I hate that I'm not starting Julius Irving, who's my favorite all-time athlete, by the way, number one. But I have to go Wilt. Wilt is a goat. Yeah, I got to go Wilt. I got to go Wilt all day, all day, every day the most dominant force we've maybe ever seen in sports. I'm going Wilt, Doc, Greer. And you're talking about three ridiculous talents there.
5: Yeah, Hal Greer pretty much leads all stack categories for the Sixers all time.
4: I know. Hal Greer is a very underrated Sixer. His number's retired, number 15, but he's very underrated in the lore of Sixers fans, in my opinion. But I go Wilt, Doc, Hal Greer. Sorry, Hal. You are great, but not in this case. Not ahead of these two guys. Okay.
5: I got another one for you. All right, Alan Iverson, Daryl Dawkins, or Tyrese Maxey. Start bench cut. No oh, Max. We're Allen Iverson, Daryl Dawkins, Tyrese Maxey. Start bench cut.
4: AI Maxey Dawkins. AI Maxey Chocolate Thunder. Sorry, sorry. Rest in peace. Uh, but he is. He is. I gotta go. I have to go with Allen. Without a que- without question, he's starting. Maxi, this is some projection here, but I believe Maxi. When when all is said and done, we'll have a we'll look back at it as a better career than Dawkins. Okay. And I love Daryl was an entertaining, fun guy, but not in the category with with uh, what I think those two. Allen already is, but what Maxi's going to be. So that's I'm going to go AI Maxi Dawkins.
5: Okay. All right. I ain't right. mad at that. I've got another one for you before we get out of here. All right. All right, let's see here. I have, ooh, or start bench cut, Drew Holiday, Lou Williams, oh, okay, or Andre or Andre Miller.
4: Start bench cut, Drew Holiday, Lou Williams, Andre Miller. Wow. All right, uh, kind of early nineties or early two thousands ish, mid two thousands. Hmm. I'm going to start Drew Holiday. Okay. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep Lou Will on the on the on the squad. He's been on the bench, and I'm cutting mm-hmm. Andre Miller. I liked Andre Miller too. He was a good, really good solid. He was an old school. He had, he had an old man kind of game.
5: Old man kind of game, Even yeah. He's a young yeah.
4: man. But uh Drew Holiday is such a good all around player, man. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah, that. I'm going Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday.
5: All right. All right. Yeah. Last one. I'll squeeze all this one in. All right. Start bench cut. Kyle Korver, Tobias Harris, Evan Turner. Start bench cut. Kyle Korver, Tobias Harris, Evan Turner.
4: I'm going Tobias Korver, Evan Turner. I'm giving yeah, I got to go. Look, I, th- I I Kyle was a hell of a shooter. Limited in other areas. Tobias as frustrating as he is, it's because of the contract. He's still a pretty good all-around player. Evan Turner was a bust. He was a bust. <laughs> so he gets cut. Sorry. So I'm going Tobias Corver Evan. All right, real quick, real quick. Start bench cut. Billy Cunningham. Oh man. Doug
5: Collins or Andre Eagle. Billy Cunningham. Jeez. Doug Collins. Andre Igudala.
4: Cunningham, Iggy, Collins. Cunningham starts. Bench Iggy. Doug Collins. See ya. That's my order. Okay. All right. All right. Good go. dude. Good my, stuff. That's my list, man. That's my Good list. Stuff. All right. What we, you will do? Baseball tomorrow. We will carry over our bottom five power rankings. We'll preview the best games. We'll obviously go killer heavy on the Eagles. And please, if you could contribute, uh, it, the it, tone has it posted in the chat. Where you just click on the link, very simple, or go to Derek Gunn's Facebook page. for the uh, the GoFundMe for Derek and Trish Gunn. It would be much appreciated. Anything you guys can do. Thank you, as always. All right. Uh, Thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are absolutely the best, as always. Uh, Don't go anywhere, because you have four hours coming up of the National Football Show with dancilio and tone tone great job uh as always and we'll uh we'll finish it strong tomorrow my friend i'm looking forward to it
5: yes sir i appreciate you man as always you make it easy
4: all right my man i'll talk to you everybody we'll see all you guys tomorrow thanks for hanging out with us for tone i'm rob we are sports take thanks